Feels good, feels good, baby. Oh shit, I think we are live. Hit that subscribe, hit that like, everybody. It's game time. Let the ceremony begin. Countless battles, I walk with no shadow. Yeah. Desert and sandal, the ghost with the candle. Woo. King of all crowns, rip the rattle off serpents. Blood, I thirst, since I am the worst. Ah. Follow your footsteps, you have no footprints. I am the surface, you worthless purpose. The moon, the stars, I'm connected to darkness. Heads of marksmen, I've hunted the farthest. Village of troops, but I'll top the roofs. Black Sunday service with Holocaust roots. Homo Kabbalah, black magic and balas. These AKs and hollows will leave you forgotten. This bottomless season, you look. Looking for me, Mussolini, Gordavi, the world cannot stop me. I'm legend, remember me? Give this since birth, you were delivered in a hearse. Your mother and your father trade your soul for a curse. I'm a soldier, coming at you like a locomotive. Woo! Never knew I'd navigate the culture. Woo! Servants at the tabernacle potion. The devil made my father let a spirit set beside me. My mother was a slave to three witches on the island. Ever cheat death? Uh. Ever wake up and can't catch one breath? <laughs> Master of obstacles, the Nostradamus. I structure the continent, the director of operas. I swing my arms, I move the seas, I change the weather, 500 degrees. The god of chaos, I shed no pity. Come over for the seance. Hey, kitty, kitty. The ruler of your conscience, yeah. In your head, I'm a monster. Uh, take control of all your options, yeah. There's no way you gonna stop this. Uh, uh, the ruler of your conscience, yeah. Yeah, where you gonna stop? Ah, yeah, ah, Pablo Master Ceremonial. Godfather, read the word it on me. In other words, we're bosses and foreigners. Superintendents, chief of command. Welcome to Hoodstocks, everybody. Hope everybody's having a an amazing Thursday evening. Almost through the work week, if you got a job. And if you don't, get one, motherfucker. Tired of seeing you on that sofa, baby. Um, today's podcast is brought to you by Glory Plumbing, serving Southern California. The vision is to be the leading plumbing company in the industry, value-driven, going, giving more value to our clients than money. We take plumbing with the purpose. For every service, we serve others by giving those in need. And you can contact these individuals. Uh, here's their email, gloryplumbing2021 at gmail.com. Once again, that's gloryplumbing. 2021 at gmail.com and their phone number is 888-620-6444 glory plumbing i mean if you have any type of plumbing issues i mean i would have really appreciated if you guys go through these gentlemen right here because they believe in this platform to place an ad on this platform so hey i want to make sure uh they, we get good results, right? Because that's how we get more ads and that's how we grow. You know what I mean? So we got to support the community because these guys are supporting us. <clears throat> damn, I almost ran out of breath saying that shit. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> okay, another ad. We got uh, CoachellaShirtDesign.com. I mean, I don't mind if you guys go check them out right now. Short Coachella, for all you potheads, all you weed heads, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, t- come on now, baby. You know what I mean? CoachellaShirtDesign.com for the best cannabis style clothing for men and women. Check out High Maintenance Clothing. They have over 80 styles for men and 55 styles for women and counting. Jesus. Most products ranging from $35. And you can see all the clothes exclusively at CoachellaShirtDesign.com. Okay. Um, And we got a new, we got a new sponsor. You know what I mean? And this is kind of like it makes sense, right? You know what I mean? And big shout out to FB County. You know, the, the cats are sh- sending the Charlie Browns and their motherfucking parachute pants. And I mean, 
I think them pants are bulletproof. They so goddamn thick. You know what I mean? I think they bulletproof pants. You know what I mean? Because I used to wear them back in the day. You know what I mean? And I mean, you don't want to be jumping fences in the motherfucker, but it is possible because there's a lot of us that have done it. You know what I mean? And so it's fbcountyusa.com slash hoodstocks. Use promo code hoodstocks and that will get you an amazing discount. You know what I mean? So uh, promo code Hoodstocks, FB County, new partnership. We're very excited about it. And, um, you know, hey, cop yourself some some gear, baby. You know what I mean? Okay, today, very anticipated day. I was looking forward to this podcast, man. Um, home from serving 32 years in fucking prison. 32 years in prison. I know this dude looked like he 32 years old himself already, but this dude just got serving 32 years in prison. I want everybody to give a warm welcome to this man, to Hoodstock's platform, Hoodstock's podcast, our community. Everybody give it up for Serafin. Serafin. That's it, right, baby? That's uh, a thing, my G. I mean, it's it's good to have you here, brother. Welcome home, bro. Thank you. It's uh happy to uh, be home. Uh, it's like the best experience uh, I felt in 32 years, right? <laughs> Can you talk a little bit of the mic, my G? Yeah, absolutely. I want people want to hear you, bro, and I want people to hear you. Sometimes I let them go for a while, and I'm like, ah, I gotta cut them off and tell them. But yeah, so yeah, 32 years. Yeah, it feels good to be home. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, what is the first thing you did? I mean, when you get out from doing 32 fucking years, bro, you know what I mean? What, I mean, what was the first thing on your mind, bro? Just being with the family, um, hugging my mom, which which was what I did uh, upon entering, uh, coming in the house, you know? She was right there waiting for me uh, after uh, my brother and uh, three sisters went to pick me up. Uh, um, see, after our parole, I, have a, uh, I had an ice hole. So ICE came to get me uh, the day I paroled, but we can talk about that later. So I did, uh, I served six uh, months in ICE detention before I bailed out. Okay. And, and I'm still on bail right now uh, under ICE uh, supervision. But yeah. We can talk about that later though. Absolutely. And it's been interesting because of the past few podcasts that we've had, that we've had uh, a couple homies, bro, uh, um, Korean homie and the, the Filipino homie, Edwin, that have had, they got the same, they're going through the same thing right now, you yeah. know? And like you said, we'll talk about it later. Um, you know, it's it's funny because, it's not funny, bro. Okay, let me, let me uh, I misspoke. Um, but we, people always talk about like, first time I got out, I wanted that Jack in the Box, two tacos for 99 cents. I kept on, <laughs> I, I kept on thinking about, you know what I mean? But yeah. yeah, of course, bro, if you got a mom after 32 years, man, that's all you're thinking about is seeing your family. Did they record it, bro? They did. I'd like to yeah, see that yeah, video. Yeah. It's probably personal and stuff, but no, no, I'll share it with you. Yeah, I'd love to see that, bro. And when I see videos like that, bro, on, on like on Instagram or any social media, bro, it's like, you know what I mean? Oh shit, you gotta fight <laughs> back that tear, homie. You know what I mean, cause the mom and shit. Then you think about like, well, what the fuck he was in there for, dog? You know what I mean, and that tear comes away, and it's like, nah, homie, fuck that fool, dog. What's he doing out here? You know? <laughs> <laughs> nah, that was a credible experience, though. Uh, and I still look at that video every now and then. I still cry. Seeing how, ha how happy my mom was, you know, to have her son back. Absolutely. So we talk about, well, and we can get into the story regard to, to moms and pops. I mean, was pops yeah, there? Yeah, pops was there. Okay, but it was mom that you, you emphasized that was an important thing to you. Yeah, because uh, I saw her, uh, the one that suffered the most, you know, it was it was moms. And pops was able to just like, yeah. 
yeah. Exactly. Absolutely, bro. I get that, bro. So, um, well, welcome home, brother, and thank you again, brother, for agreeing to be on the on this podcast, bro. You know, absolutely. Um, we really, uh, I mean, these stories, bro. Like you hear about these stories, but you hear them like on a phone call, or you see some dude doing something like on a Zoom or a Skype or something like that. But to actually have these stories from the homies face to face in person live and flesh. I mean, we in East LA right now, you know what I mean? Um, it's it's just a different level, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's real, dog. You know what I mean? It's, it's real. I mean, like, and I talk about the homie, like, we can both touch each other, you know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> and, 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 it, and sometimes it can keep, it, can, it could keep both of us honest, bro. You know what I mean? Because it's easier to share a story over a phone or the other side of a screen, dog. You know what I mean? And, and you know, who knows how they get on the sometimes or how they might feel because they're in their, they're in their fucking, uh, they're in their bedroom, you know what I mean? And they got the door closed, mom's in the other room, you know what I mean? He's like, you know what I mean? barking and shit, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, it's this, no, it's that, and blah, blah, blah. And we look in the background, he's got a Star Wars poster up, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Teletubby poster over there. Anyways, I'm sorry, brother. But um, it, I, I love these, and I just, I really, really like I mean, hearing these stories, even though they're not my stories, bro, they really just, like, impact my personal life, bro. And and they make me just be thankful, bro, and and, and, and a reminder to fucking, fucking lucky. You know what I mean? Fucking walk that straight line, my G. You know what I mean? Like, be cool, dog. You know what I mean? You had your fucking days. You know what I mean? You old, fool. Or even for the youngsters. Like, yeah. it's this is, it, bro, like, it's crazy the feedback that I get since I've been having a, a string of a lot of ex-lifers that got out, bro. And it's the positivity. You would think sharing that story would not uh, create such a, a positive uh, uh, reaction back, right? But, right? but it makes sense because their success stories are, they're, you know, they started off negative and they became positive at the end. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to come on here and share my story, you know, uh, to uh, highlight the positive uh, finale of uh, my journey. My journey still... Still ongoing, but out here it started, right? But I want others that are still inside to see that uh, hope and redemption is well and alive, you know, and uh, they can eventually uh, attain their release and come back home to their families, their mom, if they, if they still have their mom or their dad, you know, to come back home. It's a wonderful feeling, and it could be done. I did it. It's the only thing fake on this podcast, bro. <laughs> it's all good. It's the only thing fake on this podcast is that fucking, that crowd we got in the room. I mean, <laughs> I mean, one day we might do it in a fucking studio audience. You know what I mean? Fucking Oprah status. You know what I mean? Oh, hell yeah. That'd be good, right? That, there, that would you know? be dope, bro. People, I bet people would pay the experience, bro, to sit in there and be like, this fool just got out from 30 years, 32 years, and he was in there in fucking Pelican Bay shoe for 20 years. Oh, hell no. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got to go. I got to go. They said, fuck the Dodger game. Fuck the Laker game. Damn, I had them courtside seats, but fuck it, dog. I'm going to go <laughs> I'm gonna go see this fool, Serafine, you know what I mean? See what he's talking about. I mean, it's, it's like a real, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there's probably a couple fools out there right now on a fucking all lathered up and fucking baby oil on a G-string on right now, dog. <laughs> you know? Um, sorry about that, bro. There are some weirdos out there, though. Preston might be one of them. Um I'm trying to remove that visual right there. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, but I'm just trying to lighten it up, dog. Yeah. And, and this is a part of my retarded personality, dog. I mean, um, can we begin this journey, brother? Can we begin your story? Yeah. 
and where do you, where, how far, feel free to go as far back as you want so we can make sense of the events that came upon you. Well, I grew up, uh, uh, my childhood, I grew up in South Central LA, uh, right there uh, by uh, the LA Coliseum, USC, in that uh, specific area. And uh, in the 70s, uh, my teenage years was in the 80s, uh, right around uh, the crack cocaine epidemic, when that hit. And I got involved uh, in making money because there was a lot of money to be made, you know, and, and, and I got involved in that game right in that area. Uh, and the effects of that epidemic was uh, ravaging uh, my community uh, and all of South Central uh, at large. So I was involved in a lot of violence, man. Uh, I did a lot of things that I didn't get caught for. Fast track to uh, when I was 17 years old, I was in, uh, in Boyle Heights. And I got caught up in a, uh, in a fist fight with some individuals. Um, a couple hours later or so, one of those individuals ended up dead. And uh, this was during the daytime, uh, not even not even uh, noon. Uh, and by the evening, uh, my house was raided. Uh, LAPD uh, you know, arrested me, uh, charged me with murder. And that's a, a, a crime I didn't commit. They, uh, they said the, uh, there was a motive for uh, my having committed that, uh, that uh, murder because I had been in an altercation with uh, the victim uh, hours earlier. So anyway, uh, I went to trial. I went to juvenile hall first because I was 17 years old. Uh, I went to juvenile hall. And uh, by the time I was 18, I was sent to the L.A. County Jail, Men's Central Jail. And I went to trial, lost, got convicted. Uh, and I was, uh, I was very naive uh, about the law, you know, and the sentencing. Uh, I always thought, like, well... You know, if I get found guilty for this, I'll probably do like three years in a camp. That's how naive I was, you know? Yeah. And, and then sentencing came, and I heard the judge say uh, 27 years to life. And uh, it didn't, it didn't uh, register right away. Like, what does that mean, 27 years to life? Um, I was still, I don't know if it was, uh, I was in denial or uh, I still believe that, uh, yeah, I'm a minor. They can't send me away for life or, uh, or even 10 or 20 years for that, you know. But uh, I was sent to the California Youth Authority, um, and I was allowed to uh, serve uh, as uh, up to 24 years old. I could stay there before I would be uh, transferred into a... Uh, CDCR. Well, uh, I was right here in Norwalk in the reception center. And growing up, not being part of a, a, an, uh, a street gang, right? I was cool. My programming was all right. Uh, um, there was a couple other guys that uh, 
that I was always with that weren't uh, from a gang either. So we didn't have no problem, you know. Uh, the, the the guys that were having problems were like gang rivals and stuff. They were being uh, having fights and all that stuff, uh, but we, we didn't have that problem. But then I get sent to uh, Preston up north, uh, uh, California Youth Authority. And getting off the bus, they asked me, uh, uh, are you a uh, uh, sureño or norteño? And I didn't know too much about that either, you know? And I even, I remember asking uh, the person that was processing us off the bus, and I, and I said, uh, what do you mean? And the person figured, like, oh, okay, he doesn't know anything about the uh, North and South, you know, uh, uh, rivalries. Uh, so uh, the person asked me, uh, what county are you coming from? I said, L.A. County. He said, oh, you're Sureño. And segregated me uh, in a unit where there were nothing but Sureños. So I was sailed up with a Sureño. And from that point, I'm being run down uh, by the home, their homies now, you know, and they're telling me, uh, uh, we got enemies here, they're Norteños, you know. Once they let us off, because uh, we were segregated, uh, they, uh, the Norteños were on the, uh, on the uh, GP. They had us uh, on lockdown. But uh, they were gonna eventually let us out and try to uh, program together, because there had been, before I got there, there had been some uh, uh, incidents going on, skirmishes. So uh, that month I was there in that unit, I, I basically got indoctrinated. Okay, so uh, that's who I am. That's, I'm a Sureño, you know, and uh, sure enough, once we got off lockdown and, and, and hit the GP, you know, uh, it wasn't too long uh, where uh, I caught my first assault. Uh, they didn't kick me out of YA at that time, but uh, I got another infraction about a month later. Uh, uh, they caught me with a, a shank, and that was like that was my second strike. Uh, I, I, they should have kicked me out by that time, by that one, you know. Uh, and then on the third one, uh, a couple of months later, uh, another assault, and that was three strikes. They say, yeah. I, you're not, their words, you're not amenable to programming right here. So I did eight months right there, and, I, and that was it. This was 1989 now. I was, I was 19 years old. And uh, they sent me to Chino uh, reception to undergo the processing. And while I was there, uh, I remember uh, I, being interviewed by my counselor. And the counselor, you know how they ask you when you're at reception uh, uh, where, where you want to go, you know? And I had... Um, I had uh, conversed with a couple of uh, individuals uh, to uh, school me on that process, you know, uh, where can I go? And they said, well, your sentence, what, what happened to you in YA, uh, you're going to go to level four. And I didn't know too much about that, but they're explaining it to me, you know. And, uh, and they only have about uh, uh, two or three level fours at the time. It was uh, Tehachapi, uh, New Folsom, and then one that's just being built. It wasn't even completed yet, uh, it was Pelican Bay. But I was hearing stories about Pelican Bay, it's like, oh yeah, that, uh, that's gonna be for like the worst of the worst, you know, uh, they don't even let you out of your cell. Th th these were the rumors we were hearing in reception in Gino, you know, like, uh, you're gonna be in your cell 24 hours a day, the shower's gonna r roll to you in front of your cell, the, your cell door opens and you step into the shower and then it goes on to another cell. <laughs> that's what they were saying, 
Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I don't want to go there, you know. I don't think they're going to send me there, you know. Well, um, I told my counselor I want to go to uh, Tehachapi number one and New Folsom number two. That's my alternate. Yeah. Uh, and, and the counselor said, all right. And he put me down for that, you know. But when I got my endorsement, <laughs> it, yeah. said, it said Pelican Bay. I'm like, what? And I even went and talked to my counselor. I said, why are they sending me to Pelican Bay? He says, my supervisor overruled me, you know. And uh, he said, uh, Pelican Bay was for you. And I was like, damn, okay. So, yeah, I take uh, December 89. That's, uh, I caught the bus up there, man. And, uh, and I remember it was like raining. Uh, I mean, it rains up there like nine, nine months out of the year. You know, it was cold. It's December. And um, as soon as I got there, uh, uh, you know, the, the older homies that were there, um, they start lacing me up uh, with the game, you know, uh, how it's run right there, uh, what's expected of you and everything. And I'm like, all right. I mean, uh, by that time, I left YA being a Sureño. I'm a Sureño, you know. I, that's what I ride. And, uh, and so I fell in line with the program. And it was, uh, it was uh, a lot of violence right there. It was like, like stabbing. It was like every couple of weeks you go on lockdown, there's another one. Lockdown for two weeks and off lockdown and... I mean that was happened through uh, throughout the year, uh, eleven months, until uh, I committed my first stabbing right there. They sent me to the shoe. Actually, uh, you know how you go to uh, Ad Seg first for the investigation before you go to shoe. Yeah. So I was in Ad Seg uh, uh, for a couple of months. Uh, when I get a uh, I get a cellmate uh, who had been. Uh, Stabbed on the yard, on the GP, and uh, and they put him in my cell, and uh, so I find out that same night, like, uh, yeah, he got to go. So um, the next day, I had to stab him and get him out of the cell, and it was a uh, that was a uh, um, that was quite an experience right there, man, because it was it was uh, it was gruesome, you know, it's like. Um, there was like the night before there was a lot of it I was going through a lot of anxiety man because I damn I couldn't I couldn't even sleep I didn't sleep well um, if I slept at all that night man because I knew like the next day I gotta uh, I gotta get my celly out of the cell you know and um, anyway next day came and I and I did that and uh, um He, uh, uh, they took him out on a stretcher, and they took him out on a stretcher, and uh, uh, they took me out afterwards and, like, cleaned up. I was full of blood and everything, man. The whole, the cell, the whole cell was filled up with blood, and, and uh, they, they, uh, they thought I was stabbed, too. Uh, once they, uh, nurses cleaned me up and everything, uh, that was, uh, uh, that was mo uh, most of his blood right there. You know, I had a couple of scratches and stuff, but, um. That was uh that was quite an experience for me, man. I, and 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 uh, you know, I I often think about that right there. It's personal. But, yeah. It's personal. I mean, if you're in a cell, and it's just you and the individual. I mean, it's it it, it hits different. It's different than say if you're on a yard or something like that. I mean, 
and you 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 say you think about that a lot. I yeah, mean, what, yeah, what, they, what do you think about? I think about him, you know. Uh, I don't know. Um, you were 19 at the time. I was 19. 19 yeah, years yeah, old, yeah, you a yeah. baby. Yeah, and uh, you know, the first, because he was in my cell for a day, we actually spoke, you know, and he, he seemed pretty cool, you know. I like, uh, uh, and the whole time in the back of your mind, you're just like, I gotta, I'm going to have to stab, I got to yeah, stab this yeah, dude. Exactly. So you're trying to play it as cool as possible. You got your poker face on. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and you're trying to like, you know. Trying try to make him feel comfortable, you know. Like, like you're all right, you know. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, it happened, and... and uh, you see, real quick, I don't, and I'm sorry for cutting you off, and people hate when I do this, but you said he was real cool. Yeah. Like, so he actually... You had conversations about, like, hey, how he got there. Maybe he talked about his old lady. Maybe he talked about personal things in his life to you. Because if you're there a day span locked up in any closet with any individual. I mean, there's a lot of conversations that can happen. You can learn someone's entire life within a few hours. Yeah. You know, of being in a cell. You know, so you kind of got to know the dude a little bit or whatever he put forward to you. Yeah, uh so I didn't find out about his situation uh, uh that that uh he had to uh that I had to remove him from my cell until later on that night. So during the day, for several hours, you know, we were talking. We were in that seg. And he he came off as a real cool person, you know, and uh, I actually, I actually, uh, uh, I was hoping that nothing was wrong with him, you know, that it was just something personal between him and somebody else, and, you know, uh, we can kick it, you know, but it was that wasn't the case. Uh, anyway, uh, um, uh, when I found out that that night, uh, uh, that, that's when I was like feeling like anxiety. And you know, uh, I had heard of stories about like, man, whenever you got to be in a situation where uh, it's going to be you and your cellie, you know, uh, uh, you got to be careful because uh, if you don't do it right, it could go all bad. You know, it could go wrong. So yeah, he can take the knife from you. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You and can be end up the victim. And it's and it's happened. You know, um, while I was while I was in the shoe, I heard it. Uh, was he bigger than you? A lot bigger. He was probably uh, two ten. I was maybe one forty. One forty. Yeah. So you just a little skinny ass I motherfucker. Was, yeah. You know what I mean? And this dude came in. He already been in there for a minute. Yeah. Yoked up. Yeah. I mean, would you say two ten? Yeah, he was about two ten. Two ten, yes. We had weights back then too, you know. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, uh, uh, I went through that, man, and and um, uh, it's it's I don't look at I don't look at it as like um, back then when it happened. I did have some pride about that, you know. I uh, I looked at that as, as a badge of honor, you know, but. That feeling changed, you know, uh, after some years in the shoe of, of, of reflection and stuff. Uh, Absolutely, and we can get to that, brother. You know, and it, and it's kind of interesting, bro, that you kind of, you know, you weren't you weren't gang related on the streets. You were just a hustler on the streets, South Central. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 it, it kind of blows my mind a little bit that you know. So there's a thing if you ever come through L.A. County Jail, when you hit any yard in the state of California, the homies hold you to a higher level, and they say you have no reason for fucking up on the yard because you get all your clecha in L.A. County Jail. They, a lot of people say if you can survive L.A. County Jail, you can survive any prison anywhere. 
you know. And so it seems it, it's 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 kind of interesting to me, rewinding it a little bit back, saying that you were kind of just like you weren't you. I mean, you were you were barely getting laced up through certain levels as you progressed in in your time or in the system but then again that was a short time so it shit happened to you very quick it seemed yeah, like it did but you weren't no punk as no. a kid you were you i mean you, you had some nuts on you yeah well i lived that lifestyle you know uh, uh even though i wasn't part of a gang i i was in a lot of fights man and uh you know shootings and all that stuff uh i mean uh it was south central in the 80s you know uh, and it was a lot going on at that time you know so, uh, I mean, you, you weren't foreign to the you, you weren't foreign to no act of violence or no crazy environment from just being in South Central during that time period, which 100 percent. man, I hear stories about that area. You know, what I mean, I, you know, I mean, I'm 45. So, you know, 90s, I you know, I caught some, you know, some of the uh, the, the highlights, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah, highlights yeah. of uh, the gangster shit, you know, what I mean, and what it was then and what it is now. Right. You, you know, old heads always compare like back in my day, you know, what I mean, but yeah. honestly, when we talking about those days, bro, that's that's real shit. You know, what I mean, that's that's solid shit. When someone says, well, it's changed, it's changed big time. But you still got to be careful out in these streets right now because these fucking kids are not playing either. You know, so you I mean, when you do a stabbing in a cell like that. I mean, and the, and they come to your cell. What is the first thing they do when they come to your cell and they see there's an altercation going on inside a cell and they look in that window and they see blood, bro, everywhere? Well, they didn't come in the cell. Uh, what happened was uh, they they opened the door and uh, the, the tower would yell, uh, uh, one of you step out, you know? And so... Uh, The the view was like when they do that when something like that happens uh you don't step out the victim steps out. Okay, so that's how they do it in Pelican Bay. No, that that uh, it, it's not it's 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 not the the prison's policy. That was like our our view, you know, like yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so they racked the doors from the tower. And cause they knew there was an altercation going on in there, yeah. and they racked and they said, "Hey, step out." Yeah, one of you step out, you know. Yeah. So, uh, with us, it was known. Okay, when they do that, the you stay in the cell, you know. The one that's leaving is the victim. Yeah. So I wasn't stepping out of the cell. So uh, uh, my cell, my cellmate, he stepped out, and 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 we got went and got tended to. Uh, 100%. And then they closed. As soon as he stepped out, they closed the door. Yeah. So once they uh, uh, removed him, and it was secure to reopen the door, and then they had me step out and walk to the front of the section door, and uh, uh, had me cuff up, and then uh, escorted me out to the rotunda where they checked me out, uh, uh, see if I had any wounds, and, and cleaned me up. You know. I had an altercation one time in a, in a cell that I I got the I. Well, when I was heading up to the cell, I had be, I had been in the oil a couple times at this particular prison, which was Susanville, Susanville Three Yard, and um, and all the homies. So I, I knew the homies that were in the in the in back there, right? I mean, and um, and when I'm walking up the steps, I'm getting escorted. All the homies are looking at me and they're going like this. And so the Huda says that he goes, "Hey, Colo, tell me right now, bro. We squash this. We squash this fucking shit right now. We squash this shit." I said, "No, we good. I mean, I'm good. What are you talking about? I mean." Let's get, let's, you know what I mean? Let's get it. So when I got into the cell with this dude, 
I realized that, uh, you know, I, mean, I got a, I got the weed out right away, bop, bop, bop. And they're just like, hey, Fred, that shit. Hey, Lucky, your celly's got to go, dog. And I flushed it right away. But in the in the, in the the penitentiary, sometimes, out of respect, you always show your celly the weed you know what I mean? At least, you know what I mean, what I've been schooled on and what I've done, you know what I mean? And I flushed it right away. He said, hey, what, what, what did that shit say? What did that shit say? You know what I mean? And I said, nah, it's just the homies, dog, saying what's up and shit, dog. I've already been back here a couple of times, whatever, fuck, dog. Anyways, long story. So what I, what I say with that is we had the altercation. I wasn't covered in blood like you, bro. But they kept on saying to get down. You know, you don't get down, bro. You know what yeah. I mean? And they opened up my tray slot, bro. And they're hitting the, they, first they were squirting the little bitch ass fucking uh, mace things, dog. You know what I mean? Because I was scrapping with this fool, dog. And, um, and then, you know, get down, get down, and get down. Then they fucking put the fire extinguisher thing there. And when you put that much of that pepper gas, whatever, it sucks up all the oxygen. And all of a sudden, you go, oh, yeah, yeah. You go like that. And that's what happened to me. You know I mean, that's when I got down. Long story short, he went, he was the first one that went out, right? You know? Yeah. Um, but anyways. But that's, um, you know, that's, uh, uh, that was our policy, you know? Yeah. That's, uh, that's what we did. Uh, the victim always exits the cell. You stay in there. 100%. Um, but what you just described, you know, the wheel and all that? Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. That's exactly what happened, you know, and, and um, that night. Um, and he was curious to know what it said, you know, and I had to think of something, you know, uh, real quick. Oh, it was nothing, you know. Uh, don't, don't worry about it, you know. He was worried. He knew. Yeah, yeah. He knew. And so you said that night, I mean, you, you didn't sleep the whole night. Nah, uh, I, was, uh, I was going through a lot of anxiety right there, uh, yeah, like I said, this dude, this dude was a lot bigger than me, you know, and he was out there hitting the weights and all that stuff. I'm like, if it goes bad, it's it gonna go bad, you know. I mean, but yeah. at the same time, you come from YA, you know what I mean? So yeah. you know what I mean? You got, they, you know, they, you know, you got your, you got your, you know what I mean? Uh, you, you got the this little bit of training behind, you know what I mean? So you know, you're just thinking like, fuck, I gotta do what I gotta do. If not, it's gonna be me. And so, the dude, the victim steps out. Yeah. The victim steps out. And what do they do? Do they come cuff them up, escort them out? Yeah, they they call them to the front of the section uh, because the guards didn't come into the section. Uh, the one the, the floor staff they didn't come into the section. It was just the tower that was controlling the doors, and the tower uh, popped the door open, uh, yelled for somebody to come out. He, my cellmate, came out, and then they called him to the section door to cuff up and remove him out of the section. Uh, yeah, so once that happened, then. Uh, then they called me out. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, after that, uh, um, I served two uh, two years for uh, for those two shoot uh, terms. Um, uh, and while I was in the shoe, while I was in the shoe, uh, uh, I started uh, reading uh, the Title Fifteen and trying to understand. Uh, uh, the rules and regulations, because uh, uh, I ran into I ran into some uh, I ran into some guys that were pretty sharp on the law, man, and and, and that that amazed me, because um, I mean they wrote they wrote up documents and briefs and stuff like like attorneys would, you know, and I'm like, damn, how they know all this, you know, and uh, they told me, well, you know, you gotta read a uh, read uh, law books and stuff like that. And uh, one of them suggested, you know, here, start off with the Title 15. Uh, and that's what I started doing. I, uh, a lot of my time spent during those two years was uh, uh, reading the Title 15 and particularly shoe terms, right? Yeah. Let me let me real quick. So the, uh, Title 15 is a book that they give you, for those that don't know, 
um, is a book that they give you basically law of inside of CDC, right? You know, exactly. everything is like, they don't make it up on the fly when you go in there and they're like, you know what? I don't like this dude's fucking haircut. We're going to give him this. Like everything is per title, you know? And, and it's just like, it's like a law book, but it's the law book of your lockup environment. You know what I mean? California Department of Corrections, you know? So that is another Bible besides the Bible that's sitting talking about Jesus. That's another Bible, right? <laughs> yeah. Some should study as well. So you study the book and you're amazed at the same time that, I mean, if you're in Pelican Bay, bro, that is the, we've say that I say this all the time. I don't mean to be a broken record, but it's the Nike. It's the Jordan of prisons. You know, it's, it's the top of the top. It's the cream of the crop. I mean, they make movies about these dudes that are in this facility, you know? And so you go in, you're in, you're in this, this, this shoe program and you're amazed that there's homies on Latira that are just so fucking knowledgeable, bro. Probably yeah. better than the obviously better than the lawyer that was representing you. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. Shit, you thought you were gonna get a fire camp. <laughs> you know, <laughs> God damn it, what the yeah. fuck is that lawyer yeah. at, bro? Yeah. You know what I mean? Probably not doing it anymore. Or, <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna talk about that lawyer too, because there's a story behind that lawyer. What I came to find out, find out years later. But okay, we'll touch up on that. Go ahead, brother. Um, so here I am. Uh, I was given uh, 36 months uh, um, for those uh, two incidents to serve in uh, in the shoe. So there are no cases. They're just they're just they're like the DA's not picking them up. They picked them up. They picked them up. Yeah, they picked both of them up. Um, and uh, I did go to uh, I did go to court. Um, let me. Uh, we'll get to that right there briefly because okay. uh, yeah. I want to. I wanted to touch up on. Uh, the issue with the Title 15. Go ahead. Because it uh, it relates to that. So um, I'm starting uh, to read the Title 15, uh, particularly with uh, dealing with shoe terms. And I realized that uh, they gave me uh, a year extra to do. They gave me they gave me 36 months for for both of those incidents. But when I read the Title 15, they said uh, they can't give me more than uh, 24 months. And they ran them consecutive. They ran them consecutively. But the Title 15 says that when, when you have an incident and then a subsequent incident, before you're actually assessed a shoe term for the first one, they can't give you consecutive shoe terms. They have to run them concurrent. The maximum for uh, either one of them, the maximum for either one of them, uh, they have to run them concurrent. So when I read that, I was like, okay, I, and I filed a, a 602, which is a, a grievance form, right? Yeah. And uh, and I won. And the the, uh, the counselor uh, the counselor was surprised. Like, yeah, you know what? Um, you weren't supposed to be given consecutive shoe terms. They're supposed to be ran concurrent. Yeah. And, and you were probably like, damn, I had to tell you that, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Shit. No. So uh, um, by the time uh, uh, I had filed that uh, 602 and uh, and and realized that uh, uh, they had given me a, a, an additional year, so now they have to hurry up and uh, release me because it was already two years when I did that uh, fighting that uh, six that, that, submitted that six hundred two yeah. yeah, and uh, so they uh, they did release me, but they sent me to Corcoran Shoe, and uh, while I, while in Corcoran Shoe, uh, I think a month after I got there to Corcoran Shoe in ninety two. 
Let's go. Uh, they called me back to Pelican Bay. Uh, in the middle of the night, they said, hey, uh, pack your stuff up. Uh, you're going back. And I didn't know for what or anything. Like, And uh, anyway, I was transferred back, and it was to go to court on, yeah. on, uh, on both of those both of those cases. Uh, so they, the, the DA picked them back up. Yeah. Uh, the DA did pick them up because they had a year. Oh, okay, they they're had, barely picking them up. Yeah, they're barely yeah, picking yeah. them up. I'm sorry. I, I had to go to uh, arraignment, and um, after a couple of uh, trips to court right there in uh, Crescent City, uh, and they ended up dismissing both of them. Why? I think uh, uh, there's too many of them back then. They were yeah. They had to do. Uh, I don't think the court was uh, prepared to. Uh, Having to deal with all the cases that were coming out of that prison right there, you know, and and uh, and and if my if my uh, memory doesn't fail me, uh, they were looking for the ones that uh, the cases uh, process the cases that were solid. Com- uh, at least they felt that were, would be solid convictions uh, where they had witnesses that were going to testify, you know. And in my case, uh, uh, the witnesses uh, weren't going to testify. So that's why they, that's why they were dismissed, In, including the victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they weren't going to testify. So, uh, uh, well, mainly the victims. Uh, that's who they wanted. Uh, the court one or the prosecution wanted to testify, but they they weren't going to. So I mean that that that's that's kind of like that speaks volumes in the testament of the victim of what kind of victims these aren't. Your ordinary fucking victims, like these dudes are, you know, they're gangsters too, right? Yeah, they're gangsters too, bro. And they're like, all right, that dude got me. Fuck it. I mean, I fucked up or whatever the fuck might be, whatever the situation scenario was, and they took it on the chin. Exactly. You know, and they said, nah, homie, I might have gotten like that, but I'm still living by the rules of what I believe in, and I ain't gonna be snitching on fools. And so. By the grace of that, I mean, you, you didn't catch any more time, even though you're fucking 19 years old with fucking 27 to life, right? Exactly. I mean, how, how, much, how, how much of a fuck do you really give back then? I mean, it seemed like you didn't have no fucks given back then. you just you, you you just trying to survive in this environment. Trying to survive and, and, and uh, at the same time uh, uh, doing what I thought was uh, uh, what I had to do, you know? Um, uh, that, was, that was part of the lifestyle right there. Um, and... So back to Corcoran I go after uh, the cases were dismissed. And, okay. And they send you back to Corcoran now. Yeah, they sent me back to Corcoran. And uh, I, I ended up doing like eight months right there before I was finally released to the GP. And they sent me to uh, New Folsom. Uh, now, now we're in 93. They sent me to New Folsom. Uh, um, and... Uh, there was some incidents happening uh, there in New Folsom uh, between uh, uh, Sureños and, uh, and, 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 and the Africanos. Uh, and when I got there, um, there had been a couple of uh, uh, discussions, talks, you know, to, to quell uh, the tension and, uh, and allow everybody to program. And... Uh, Fortunately, um, uh, that happened. You know, everything was squashed, and uh, we're programming. And I was there for four months before I requested a hardship transfer uh, to uh, Corcoran. They had just uh, opened up 
the 4B yard, which used to be a return to custody, uh, parole violators, and they turned into a level 4, uh, 180. And uh, so I was there uh, not even two months when um, there was a there was an incident with uh, multiple stabbings, uh, uh, the Sureños on uh, on Norteños, and um, there was shots fired, and uh, a riot ensued after that uh, with uh, with uh, other Norteños that were there and Sureños, and so after the shots fired and 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 um, everyone got down. Um, you know, they started investigating, uh, uh, you know, who who committed who committed these uh, these assaults. And uh, at the end, at the end of uh, trying to figure out what happened, there were about maybe a dozen Sureños uh, that remained. Everybody else was sent into their uh, cells, and they locked down the, the yard. You know, and I happened to be one of those. Uh, 12 uh, Sureños that was still there um, lying on the floor on prone position with cuffs uh, as, a, as a suspect. And uh, we were there for like hours. Uh, uh, this was summertime and Corcoran is hot. And uh, they started like, uh, the CO started letting one or two at a time to go use the uh, outside latrine because uh, we were there for hours. And uh, one, uh, one, of, uh, one of my homies, uh, uh, he moved from where he was, uh, by this time, sitting uh, maybe 15 yards to go sit down to uh, another homie to talk, you know. And one of the guards, there was two guards that were, that were uh, there to... Uh, observe us and one of the guards didn't like that the homie moved from his uh, where he was uh, uh, seated on the on, on the on the ground so he went and grabbed him by his arms and started dragging him back to uh, where he was originally at and when he did that all of us uh, uh, handcuffed and everything you know we got up and 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 we rushed the two uh, the two hudas uh, Kicking them, uh, the, the the two homies that had went to the use the restroom, they had removed their cuffs from them, so they were able to use their fists, you know, and uh, and and so we got a uh, we got all charged with uh, assault on staff uh, for that, and um, uh, later on uh, I did a uh, I did another six oh two on that, and and. Uh, Got it. Uh, got it reduced uh, for for ten of us. Uh, we got it reduced to just a, a riot, uh, 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 a riot with staff, which was a, a a lesser charge. The other two homies that had their uh, cuffs off and were uh, hitting with the, their fists, because those of us that were cuffed, we were all we could do was just kick. <laughs> but um, the the other two homies that they were using their fists. And uh, they, their charges of assault on staff remain. Anyway, so we go to the shoe right there in uh, in Corcoran. And I don't know if uh, you probably know how Corcoran uh, did it back then. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you that prior to 
you leaving that, but I don't want to interrupt you, brother. But it's, I mean, it's still on the internet and shit. I think back then when you were in there, bro, they were basically having cockfights with inmates. Yeah. Were you there when that was happening? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, let's let's talk about that, bro. Yeah, I was there. Uh, um, we got it pretty bad uh, because it's assault on staff, and um, some of us. Uh, uh, they 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 pretty much assaulted uh, assaulted us in the cells uh, with the the batons. Um, some of us got our uh, our heads cracked with the batons and um, required hospitalization, uh, stitches, and all that stuff. You know, uh, uh, some of us had welts with the batons on our backs. Uh, I mean, they they, they yeah they they did us uh, they did us in. Uh, they were going back in there for for retaliation for the, you guys assaulting their fellow officer. Yeah, that's what that's and, what it was. And they weren't fucking around. And, and yeah. did they let you know while they were fucking you up? Hey, yeah. don't ever touch one of us again. I mean, what what, what was the dialogue? Uh well, just as expect that. You know, that's that's the type of treatment that we were gonna get while we were there. Uh, for they let you know that. Yeah, they let us know that. Uh, yeah. Um, and 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 it happened. You know. Uh, uh anyway. Uh. During, uh, I was only there for like four, four more months, uh, four or five months uh, before I was transferred to uh, Pelican Bay. And, and by the way, that charge uh, for, uh, for a riot um, only carried a four-month shoot term. So I did the four months there. That ain't shit. And when huh? I was, no, it wasn't. Yeah. And when I was set to be released, they didn't want to release me. So they did a, uh, an investigation, the institution gang investigator uh, did an investigation and, and, and they charged me uh, with uh, being associated with a, a prison gang. And they validated me. And that once you're validated, you know, they give you an indeterminate shoe term. Um, you, you have no date to get out of the shoe. Basically, uh, um, and I remember... Uh, uh, there was a saying back then. Uh, uh, there's only uh, uh, only three ways to get out, uh, get out of the shoe, which was uh, if you had a parole date, you got out, you went home. Uh, the other two ways, uh, if uh, if you debrief, which was become an informant, uh, that was another way. Or if you died in there, that was the third way. You know, and, and uh, number one. Uh, uh, I didn't have a date. I didn't have a parole date, so I couldn't get off on that one. And I didn't. I didn't plan to die in there, so uh, that's that wasn't a way either for me. And uh, debriefing that was just not an option for me as well. So I, I was stuck in there, and uh, uh, they sent me to Pelican Bay, and and uh, that's where uh, I served. I've served ten years before they let me out after the rules had changed. Uh, they called something, uh, something that was called inactive status, where if you had six years clean without any uh, documentation uh, uh, that you were still involved, uh, actively involved. And that was, that was, the, uh, that was the, uh, the key word there, uh, actively involved. Uh, you're, uh, you were allowed to uh, have a hearing to see if uh, you would get released back onto the GP for 
not having anything, any uh, recent documentation within the past six years uh, that you were still uh, engaging in uh, gang activity. And it's kind of easy to do that while you're locked in a cell, right? Yeah. It's yeah. easy to do that. Yeah. Did we skip, I apologize for this, brother, but did we skip the Corcoran stories? Or could we get back to that? Uh, yeah, we could get back to that. Uh, well, you know, there was a uh, there was a lot of... Uh, we ever put out in that in, with any of the, with any of those cockfights? Or I, I hate to use it as a cockfight, bro. That's fucking. Ridiculous. I mean, that's what it was called. You know, that's what. Yeah. Essentially, okay. uh, you know, uh, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of times, uh, uh, they, um, I had to go out there uh, and 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 uh, and fight. You know, uh, because I had I had enemies, and and they would purposefully uh, the COs purposefully uh, open uh, rivals' doors. And, and have them go outside and, and, and watch the fights. Uh, uh, they were betting on the fights. Um, that was, uh, that along, those incidents along with uh, what I mentioned, uh, 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 that in-cell incident, right, uh, were very stressful because there were times you knew that the next day you were up to go to yard. So you knew you were going to be up a certain time, a certain order. They were going yeah, down the would, theta. Yeah, they would go uh, down a certain order, you know. So yeah. once you got into an incident, uh, um, uh, they would put you on something that's called CTQ, confined to quarters, for 10 days. And uh, once your 10 days are up, okay, now you go go back out to the yard, okay? So 10 days was like vacation in there. Yeah. Like, I ain't got to worry about, no, we're getting yeah. pulled out. I mean. Yeah, I did mine. I got, I'm going to go do my 10 days, you know, and, <laughs> and get ready for the next, you know? Yeah. I mean, we laugh about right. it. We laugh about it right now, but you probably laughed about it then. Like, this is what it is, right? Yeah. I, and um, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, uh, I guess that's the way uh, uh, that I'm coping with that. Right now, you know, uh, I laugh at it, but it's not a laughing matter, you know, what was going on because people died, you know. People were dying out there in those yeah. in those yeah. on those yards, and it, it's basically they were pulling you out your cell, and they're pulling out an enemy. They knew, all right, this dude don't get along with this dude, so he, it's got to be on site with these dudes, and they're putting you out to the to the to the whole yard, the oil yard, the the the, the yard that these guys go out, which is basically a, uh, you know, you got yeah. fucking four walls. Handball court, and and the most stressful part of that wasn't uh, uh, who you were going to go out there and fight with. Uh, it was it's the the guard uh, the tower that that has the uh, the weapons, the mini fourteen the high power rifle or or um, back then they used to have another one that was a, a nine millimeter rifle as well you know and and uh, I mean you just you just said it was like like a concrete box. And those bullets tend to bounce around like a ping, uh, a pinball, you know. And uh, sometimes uh, you may be the unintended target and get hit by one of those bullets that's ricocheting all around that uh, concrete box, you know. And that did happen. Um, and then they, had, uh, I remember they used to use these other uh, bullets uh, that when they hit the concrete, they would shatter and some of the shrapnel uh would uh hit targets as well you know uh, that that's probably what I, uh what uh what was more stressful for me like 
damn, am I going to get shot, you know? Am I going to die today? Yeah. 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 Now, um, uh, that was going on. And because I was there when that was happening, after I got sent to uh, return to Pelican Bay on that validation, uh, I got, uh, there was um, an investigation going. The feds got involved in that. And, and they were investigating uh, those, the cockfights in uh, Corcoran. And I actually got uh, a visit from the feds over there while I was in the shoe in Pelican Bay. How uh, was that? Um, so the, uh, they, racked my, they racked my door, my cell door in Pelican Bay. You got a visit, you know. And, and it was during the, week, the weekday. Uh, there's no family visits uh, during the weekday. And I'm like, who is it? You know? and they're like, they didn't want to tell me. So I went to see uh, who it was, and when I got there, uh, um, it wasn't even the visiting room. It was some uh, some other room off inside the uh, uh, the uh, facility, and uh, and they identified themselves. You know, the, uh, they're federal agents. Uh, and they told me why they were there, and they, they were uh, doing a, conducting an investigation uh, onto those uh, incidents in Corcoran, and, and you know they knew I was there uh, in Corcoran, and they knew I, I had experience. Uh, those uh, those fights, uh, but you know there was a code uh, amongst uh, the convicts. You know, like you don't you don't say anything. You know, and when they asked for my assistance to uh, provide them with information about what I saw, what I experienced, I declined. I said, no, I, I, I'm not going to do that. You know, and and uh, and I got escorted back to my cell. You know, uh, I. I I just uh, because because of the um, the code that I told myself I was going to be living by, uh, I, I couldn't bring myself to to even tell on, uh, on on police officers what they were doing, you know, because it was a criminal investigation, you know, and and I I didn't do it. Even though they're telling on us left and right, yeah, but still yeah. there's rules and there's regulations, and you gotta there's no like how do you say it, bro? Like little loopholes and telling, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, there's no dry snitching. There's no snitching. There's no, you know, yeah. Obviously, and you're you were a, a solid young individual. That's what they call them at the time. Like, oh, you solid, you solid. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. and you weren't, you know. I mean, salute to you on that, brother. You know, and so they send you back to your cell. Yeah, uh, I went back to the cell. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, I did a, a, a ten year stretch. Uh, but I wanted to tell you what I was doing uh, um, during that 10 years uh, in, uh, in Pelican Bay, Chu. I started educating myself. Uh, and I want to uh, describe a little bit about how, that, how it was in the shoe right there. Uh, it's a, a small pod with eight cells, four in the bottom tier and four in the top tier. And uh, sometimes you were allowed a cellmate and sometimes you were uh, there single cell. And um, I had neighbors who were uh, uh, Norteños, who I considered, uh, they considered me, you know, we were rivals, we were enemies. And, um, you know, they were, they were uh, whites there and, and blacks, you know, and for the most part, it was, uh, it was very respectful. Uh, even though we were, we considered each other rivals, you know, enemies, uh, uh, our interaction was uh, at a very high respectful level. Now, 
there were cases like if the doors open, uh, whether accidentally or it's on site. Yeah, sometimes it was that way, uh, and sometimes if you didn't know, you just uh, you you know you you always had to be on your toes just in case it happened. You know, uh, uh, be alert, be ready. You know. Um, but living living for years and years with these uh, individuals that I, I once uh, considered rivals, uh, that who I was fighting with and, or stabbing on the uh, on the GP, uh, I became real close to some of them. Uh, I mean, I would share uh, uh, like sometimes share family photos. They would share theirs. I would share mine, and and uh, we we would have long conversations about. You know any topic you know uh sports and uh, or or about books we're reading and 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 so uh it's it's hard for me to feign uh friendship you know it's like if 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 I don't like you you're pretty much gonna know it and so uh um i didn't uh it, there came a time where I stopped viewing them uh, uh like that like like they were my enemies you know I, they were real cool. Uh, you built, along with you them. built relationships with them. Yeah. Over the years. Yeah. Talking yeah. to the event, talking on the theater. Yeah. And passing photos on yeah, the linea. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, we shared our canteen. You know, our commissary. We shared our packages. They would share theirs with ours, and with us, and we would share ours with them. You know. That, is that a common thing that happens in Pelican Bay Show? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when we talk about sharing, I mean, you, we we sharing commissary. Like, I mean, is there something that's we took care of each other? We took care of each other. Uh, uh, um, you know, we we were convicts, and and if you didn't make the store, I don't I don't care where you were from. If you didn't make the store, you know, uh, uh, what do you need? Write me a list or something. Uh, if I could get it for you, I'll get it for you. And it was vice versa. And when packages came, the same thing. You know. Uh, I'll go. I'll, I'll make uh, when I would get my packages, and everybody else did the same thing. When they get their packages, they make little uh, individual bags, and and uh, the CO will pop the door, your door open, and you go take uh, your seven bags and drop them off on the other cell. And, um, and these are these are Northanials. These are brothers. These are white dudes, homies. I mean, the uh, the respect level it was uh, it was high. It was. Uh, Compared to the GP, um, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of respect. I mean, the the lights go out at nine o'clock, like you shut down. You know, you can't be making no noise and talking on the tier. And it, they didn't have solid doors there. You know, they had those honeycomb doors, where um, I mean, everything uh, uh, you could hear footsteps from your neighbor walking in the cell. You know, uh, you could hear everything, and and then. Uh, the wall in front of the cells, uh, all the sound bounces off, echoes, and goes into all the cells. So, uh, yeah, we we had a uh, we we had a, uh, an agreement there. You know, at nine o'clock it shuts down, uh, uh, all the way to six in the morning. Okay, the program's up. You know, and 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 that's how we lived. You know, uh, um, try to uh, make the best of. Of an already tough situation, being uh, confined in, in in such ex in such extreme uh, conditions of uh, they used to call it the uh, um, uh, lack of environmental stimulation because there were no cells in the window. I mean, uh, excuse me, there were no windows in the cell, and uh, 
the little concrete yard, uh, all you can see is to the sky. Uh, so, I mean, you couldn't see trees, you couldn't, um, you couldn't see uh, stars, the moon, none, none of that stuff that we take for granted out here, you know. Uh, you couldn't see none of that stuff. Uh, uh, so, um, uh, yeah, I wanted to make a, a point that um, I share that right there uh, because it helped me to, it helped me a lot to improve my social skills, learning how to communicate now. Um, before, uh, I resorted to violence first because I didn't know how to communicate. But being in the shoe and, and, and communicating with uh, people that I once considered rivals and stuff, uh, uh, it made me see things in a different light. Where I can, okay, uh, I can resolve problems uh, through communication because problems arose uh, um, in the shoe, you know. Uh, uh, maybe maybe uh, uh, on occasion uh, someone didn't adhere to uh, our policy, you know, uh, that you know it shuts down at nine o'clock, you know, and uh, and we had to talk. Uh, individuals had to talk about that, you know, and. But we we resolved it through communication, and uh, and and that and that was a a huge development development in uh, in my uh, in my life in learning how to communicate uh, and and resolve problems through dialogue as opposed to uh, violence. Well, you're adapting to your surroundings now. Yeah. You know what I mean, because it's easy to be on a GP yard. Be like, man, I ain't telling this fool shit. Yeah. Fuck this dude. I got access to him. But now here we are locked in these fucking cages. And now it's not about the brute strength. It's not about the fucking sharpness of that fucking fierro. I mean, it's using this now. Exactly. It's using that now. You know, kill him with kindness. Hey, my G, I know you didn't know, dog, but bop, 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 whoop, whoop. This is how we do it right here, brother. I appreciate it if you can just follow along with the fucking program right here. Everybody's doing it across all races, you know what I mean? Like, just be easy, G. We've been here for X amount of years. Like, we got to live with each other like this, dog. You know what I mean? Just be cool. And I mean, the, the dude with any sense in his head is going to be like, absolutely, bro. My bad. Won't happen again. But then you get these cats on the theater that fell on bad graces, you know, right? Um, have you had ever those scenarios where they don't want to fucking shut the fuck up? Yeah. They're not fucking... They're not following around with the program because they just feel like they're on an island all by themselves. You know, everybody's on an island by themselves, but now you're going to, you know, you're going to be on this island on a different fucking uh, disrespectful manner, potentially, right? Yeah, that um, that happened on occasion. Uh, it used to happen a lot more uh, prior to, uh, I want to say, 95, uh, because when, when Pelican Bay first opened uh, in, in late 89, uh, there was a there was a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit. Um, Flip me out with the one in the refrigerator. Sorry about that, brother. Yeah. I got one in the fridge. So. Yeah, there was a class action lawsuit because they were they had a um, they had a lot of individuals in there that 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 uh, had mental issues, and um, you had those that bang and kick the the cell doors uh, all night long, uh, bugging out. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, some uh, that would gas, you know, throw a, a fecal matter and, and urine. Uh, if they didn't like you, you know, they, 
they'll fling it at you through their cell doors. And they, they had a lot of that stuff. Uh, so for the people that don't know real quick, he said earlier in this, uh, while he was uh, describing his environment, you used the word, I believe, honeycomb doors. Yeah. And so for the people that don't understand what he's saying, is the doors, I mean, it speaks for itself, but the doors are not a solid door. It's almost like a fence, a solid fence, but it's just got a bunch of fucking holes all over that bitch. You know what I mean? So if you get released to go take a shower, right, pop your door, you got a shower, and you walking down the fucking theater all fucking cool and shit, dog, with your fucking Irish Springs and your fucking roll of fucking, uh, your towel rolled up and all that good shit, dog, you know what I mean? About to get yourself a nice fucking hot shower and Pelican Bay shoe, baby, living your best life. I mean, you got you got these. We call them we call them J cats. I mean, they they're losing their fucking mind or whatever, and they throwing fecal matter, you know. And that's yeah. this fucking shit piss. Yeah. Have you ever been hit with that? Yeah, I got sprinkled once. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they call it? Sprinkle me, baby. E forty. I got sprinkled once, uh, uh, and the, the the thing is, uh, uh, one of the funny things about that is that. Uh, you know, the audacity uh, that, of those individuals that did that, that they would actually uh, hoard the ingredients <laughs> that they would use. They were, they were letting it fucking ferment. Yeah. It let yeah. it cook. So it could have maximum effect, you know. 100%. I mean, if I was in that line of business, you know what I mean, I'd hold that shit for a good week straight, you know what I mean, and fucking just let that motherfucker, oh, it's bubbling. Here comes here comes Sarafine right here, yeah. this motherfucker, you know what I mean? Yeah. He yeah. got all the good pictures, and he ain't sending me not one. <laughs> I hear him all day on the theater. How got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, having to uh, when we when we had somebody that did that in in the pod, you know. Uh, I remember just like you said, uh, going to shower, you got to walk the gauntlet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Put your towel over you, you know, over your head. And, 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 Is that and, something that the homies do, or everybody yeah, does? Everybody does. When there's somebody like that, uh, yeah. uh, it's unpredictable, you know. Uh, um, who he's gonna decide to uh, gas the next day or something, you know? Uh, yeah, when you have to pass that cell, man. Uh, um, just put a uh, put your towel over you, man, and and, and walk and uh, to where you got to go, the yard or the shower or wherever, you know. Um, but you know, I was telling you about the uh, the class action lawsuit. Um, the 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 judge uh, found uh, in favor of uh, uh, not everyone in general in the shoe, uh, but in found in favor of those individuals that had mental issues or that were susceptible to uh, having mental issues uh, uh, at some future point because they were already exhibiting signs, right? So what, what, what would be exhibiting signs besides throwing shit? You say kicking the door, telling the COs, I need to get the fuck out of here, you know what I mean? Well, um, uh, you know, if a CO sees you like talking to yourself uh, or, or uh, you're being despondent uh, and they they can refer you to a, a, a psych evaluation or something. You know, uh, some some would go to the psych evaluation, some wouldn't, uh, uh, and that's uh, that's one of the ways uh, that they will determine whether um, they have issues already or they're starting to exhibit signs of uh, of uh, being susceptible to having mental problems. You know, AKA weakness in uh, some in some eyes. I mean, you could. Uh, there's people that look at it that way, you know. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna uh, 
You're not going to put that jacket on. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, some someone's sick uh, mentally, you know, uh, uh, you know, I wish for them to get help, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and um, but it was it, it was frustrating. I mean, back then, you know, uh, we wanted to get to them, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, it was that bad, you know. But you know, I, I see I see things differently now. Uh, where uh, someone's sick, you know, uh, they're sick. They need help, you know. But back then, your mind state was different. Yeah, my mind. Though. Yeah. Your absolutely. mind state was different. It was like, man, fuck this dude. Yeah, that's how I was, you know. Um, Keeping me up all night, you know, banging on the door or something. Uh, I can't wait to get a hold of him. That that was my mindset back then, you know. Um, and anyway, uh, uh, so they cleared they cleared most of those guys, and not all. They cleared them out of the shoes. Uh, so it became more uh, living there was a, a lot more uh, peaceful. That they those type of individuals uh, were removed. Uh, Put where they need to be at, right? Yeah, yeah. A mental ward or something, yeah, yeah. or a mental fucking they pod call, or something. They called it a, a, a PSU. I think it was a, a psychological, uh, a, um, psychological unit, something like that. You know, that's what they that's where they started housing them. Uh, uh, but it was outside of Pelican Bay Shoe, and and, and uh, I believe they were given uh, environmental stimulation as much as they can get. Like uh, they were out, they were out of the shoe. You know, they had. They were in cells now where they have windows, and and, and uh, they were let out of their cell outside. Uh, so um, that's uh, that's what was going on uh, uh, with them. Absolutely, yeah. And it kind of made uh, gave you a got them dudes out of there and shit, and you were able to get a good night rest. Yeah, exactly. You know, six a.m. Yeah. We back at it, baby. I mean, till nine p.m. and shit. So you said you did. Uh, while you're doing this 10-year stretch in the shoe program, you said you started educating yourself? Yeah. Reading a lot of books? Reading a lot of books, uh, uh, basically like on every uh, subject, you know, uh, history. History was one of the main ones, you know. Uh, 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 my cultura, uh, Mexican history, uh, uh, world history, American history. Uh, uh, I even got into... Uh, um, astronomy and, 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 and uh, uh, there was some books there was some books on uh, on physics you know they were a little bit way beyond <laughs> my comprehension you know but um, I, I tried I, I tried to understand as much as that as I could you know but um, without a teacher yeah yeah but uh, um, uh, even uh, philosophy I, I really uh, I really like reading about philosophy and uh, and there was a lot of individuals that were doing the same thing. I, actually, I got a, I got turned on to that um, by a lot of individuals uh, that were already uh, deep into their studies, you know. And I started uh, following suit. Um, how was it? How was it being in there, and being? I mean, you fully with the business at the time, right? You following suit hundred percent, but you're you're kind of like a resident. It's not from a neighborhood. But at the same time, your resume says different, you know. Um, were you ever treated less or at the time, since you knew you weren't from a gang, did you really try to do more because you wanted that, you know, that ultimate respect of one that was from a neighborhood, right? Yeah, you know what, uh, um, that's, that's exactly uh what was going on uh, with me without really understanding it, 
uh, during uh, my way, my uh, YA time, and uh, when I first hit uh, Pelican Bay at, at 19, uh, uh, there was a, I'm going to say it, uh, uh, I was uh, dealing with insecurity issues. You wanted an identity. Yeah. And since you didn't have tie to the streets from a street gang, yeah. you know, you were willing to go above and beyond to get your respect. And, and that's, uh, I was overcompensating, uh, volunteering. You were volunteering? Yeah, yeah, to do more, you know. Uh, and, and, I, and I started liking that uh, uh, pat on the back from the older homies. Because back then the older homies were just like, like the real older homies. Like yeah. on, that, on, that, on that playing field, like when we talk about older homies, we talking about the big dogs, big haters right there, right? Mm -hmm. You know, without saying it too much, right? Like there's a different level, especially back then, bro. Like the dudes, like it, it, it's a different caliber of dudes that are back then. I mean, these dudes, and salute to the brothers that are still doing their time and whatnot, but let's talk about the caliber of individuals. Like these dudes are fucking, these dudes are savages. I mean, they're just like, they really, and that I don't mean to say that in a disrespectful way, but I just mean like these dudes are about the business. They are about the fucking life. They are living it. They're walking it. And they're doing the fucking time. I mean, it's a it's a it's a different level when we say the pat on the back from the older homies. Like from now, and no no discredit. Like I I really need to watch the way I speak about this. You know what I mean? And that's just me being cautious conscious about the subject. You know what I mean? But I mean these are these are dudes that are that are respected men back then, right? Yeah. You know. And and you and you loved it. You embraced it. You know what I mean? You know, you embraced the love as a little homie. You know what I mean? I've, and I've had the experience myself too. Certain dudes that I just remember to this day. I'm not gonna say their name, but you know, I'm fucking like 18. They're fucking like in their 50s already at this time. You know what I mean? And when they gave me that fucking that love, that cariño, you know what I mean? That just like. You know what I mean, it, like it felt good, bro. You know what I mean, and it, it made me want to do more, dog, because I I, I like the feeling, bro. And so, I'm glad we touched on this right here. So you liked it, bro. You were raising your hand for shit, bro. Yeah. You know, youngster, YA baby, coming through. You know, I got this shit. You know, and you handling your fucking business. So by the time you get back to Pelican Bay and shit, your name is known already. Yeah, you know. Um when I left Pelican Bay in 92 to go down to Corcoran and then they led me out uh, uh, to New Folsom, GP, and then, uh, and then I got that hardship transfer back to Corcoran, GP. Uh, that's, uh, I recognized there was, a, uh, there was recognition. Uh, uh, people, people had heard about my name. They had heard about what I had uh, done. And... Uh, where I where I had been, and uh, because of that, uh, people treated me differently than from my, when I first got there uh, to Pelican Bay. And uh, with that came a, a, an unspoken responsibility. Okay, uh, you were up there. 
um, you've been schooled. You know how things are supposed to be ran. You know how the program is supposed to be ran. So naturally, uh, uh, questions would uh, be directed to, towards me um, about issues on the yard. Um, and I would give my opinion on that. And that's what got me in, in, in trouble because people talk. And uh, when, when people would uh, leave the yard to go on the other side of the fence, so to speak, uh, my name was thrown out there. And that's how they uh, got the uh, uh, confidential information on uh, the administration to validate me. Initially uh, preceding this 10-year stint in the shoe at this time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so we were back at navigating through this 10-year shoe program. You know, you're reading books. I mean, fucking during uh, packages or the end I would come. I mean, you get out there, drop off your little fucking care packages to the fellas, all races, whoever you fucking with at the time. You know, 10 years of being in solidarity confinement in Pelican Bay, bro. I mean, is this is is this is this just to become a norm to you? Like this is a new way of living. This is life. Like it's I, easy. Yeah, um, I was. Uh, I I pretty much uh, had the idea that uh, that's where uh, I was going to spend the rest of my life. Pelican Bay. Yeah. And you were yeah. okay with that at the time? I had no other choice. In, in my mind, I had no other choice. You know, this, this, this is it for me. I always held on to a sliver of hope, of hope that some, something would happen. You know, uh, my case would get overturned. Uh, um, the laws would change. Uh, um, and you know, uh, it did happen that way. Uh, the, the shoot policy, uh, it did change. Are we skipping too much forward to that part? Um, did it change while you were in that 10 year shoe program or did it change afterwards? It changed during when I was in there the first 10 years, it the first changed, 10 yeah. years, they gave us a way out of there. Uh, with, with, is that because of the, uh, the, the, what, do, what do they call it again that happened during that time? I'm sorry. There was a... Um, where, where all the races got together and they were... Do, they weren't... That was prior uh, prior to that. Um, okay. There was litigation. Okay. Uh, there was lit ongoing litigation. Uh, you know, someone always, was always challenging the, uh, the validation policy, you know. Absolutely. You got all these dudes locked up with nothing but time in their hands and they got books. Yeah. And they got access to potential lawyers and whatnot. Yeah, and, and in 1999, uh, I believe that was the year that um, they changed the policy to allow uh, release from the shoe uh, based on uh, a finding of uh, one being inactive uh, in gang activity, uh, particularly with uh, prison gangs. And uh, inactive status meant that you hadn't... Uh, received any documentation. And you talked about this earlier. Yeah, 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 within the past six years. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And so you you got you were able to catch that wave because you know you're locked in a fucking cell, bro. How much yeah. is there to, for you to do? You know, and it's it's been pretty cool. So we get to ninety nine. Yeah, this comes into effect, and they're releasing you from the yard from uh, the, the the shoe program. Yeah, uh, I I I, uh, I qualified. Uh, I went before them in two thousand one, before the uh, they call it the. Uh, DRB, the Departmental Review Board. Uh, people from Sacramento come and review your your file, see uh, see if you uh, they can release you. And uh, they denied me uh, for one year. I think I, uh, it was because I was too young still, you know. Um, and uh, I went again the following year, in two thousand two, and uh, this time they they let me out. And it was like, for me, it was like uh, like regaining my freedom. Absolutely. Even though I was still in prison, I was out of the shoe. Now I could get uh, contact visits. I could hug my mom, my dad, uh, my brothers and sisters, you know. And, and, and that's, uh, that's what I have been wanting, you know. And I was one of the fortunate ones uh, uh, to get visits. I would get, I would, I would probably average about three visits a year. They would travel all the way from uh, L.A. to Crescent City. Uh, How far is that drive? I think uh, it was a uh, twelve, twelve, thirteen hours one way. Twelve, thirteen back. Uh, right, Javier? It was about that, right? Yeah, and um, we my, we got your brother right here. My brother Javier, yeah. Uh, he was he was one of the ones taking those trips, huh? Yeah. And, uh, Salute to you, my G. Absolutely, bro. And it was hard, you know those those visits. I I I, I enjoyed seeing uh, my family in those visits, but the end of the visit was hard, you know, because uh, I had to see my mom cry, you know, uh, through that window. Because uh, there's no contact visits in 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 the shoe, you know, it's it's, it's the window and then the phone. And. Uh, you know, every time uh, the visit was over, you know, uh, I, it, it was sad to see uh, moms crying, you know, because I, I know how, how much she wanted me, uh, she wanted to take me home with her, you know. So how many, let's talk about your family real quick, uh, siblings, I mean, where are you at on the list, bro, youngest, oldest? There's uh, seven of us, uh, and I'm, I'm the third, uh, it's three boys and four girls. The youngest is a girl. And she was born, uh, I want to say, almost three years after I had been in already. Wow. Yeah. What kind of conversations do we have with our family while we're uh, a young man that's in the highest level of security in the state of California? I mean, you're, I, I know you're behind a glass. You're on the phone. What kind of conversations are we having with our family? You know, what are they asking you? A lot of the, uh, most of the conversations were, uh, I would ask a lot of questions, you know, what's going on out there? What are you guys doing? You know, uh, because we have a large family, you know, they were always holding events, you know, birthday parties or, you know, Christmas and, and the holidays and all that stuff, you know, and, and I would ask them questions, you know, and they would tell me what happened. Uh, they would send me pictures, uh, 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 
Yeah, that was that was enjoyable. You know, even though there was a sad part because I couldn't be there to uh, partake in that and be uh, be with the family. Um, they would also ask me, uh, you know, how I spend my time, and and I would tell them I always try to paint a positive light so that uh, that um, I was uh, I was comfortable where I was at. I was happy. Uh, that uh, I that I don't um, necessarily uh, uh, pass my days feeling uh, sad or depressed or none of that, you know. Were you telling them the truth? Uh, yeah, for the most part, yeah. Uh, I, I would tell them the truth, even though, you know, I miss my freedom, I miss my family, but um, I did I did the best. The best I could to uh, to live to live uh, with a peace of mind while I was there. And you and you know what, bro? You you just made different, bro. And I'm gonna uh, hold on real quick. Hold on real quick, bro. I mean, shout out to all the crybabies right there when they get a fucking visit, dog. And I mean, they they put in a fucking ten on a motherfucking two and shit, dog. And I mean, and then you know, time is time, and it's. It's it's not to be fucked with, you know what I mean? When you're locked in a cell, you know what I mean? But there's a, there potentially, I mean, not on this level of this environment, but I, it can potentially happen anywhere, bro. Let's just be honest about it, you know what I mean? But there can be some dudes that are going out to their visit, and they are just, like, stressing their family out, bro. Like, this is fucked up, you know what I mean? Bah, 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 I, ain't got, I ain't seen the sun since fucking whoop-de-whoop-whoop. This, I mean, there a lot of people... Uh, potentially could be running game on them, maybe because they got a drug addiction, or that maybe they owe dope, or you know, what I mean, there's just different scenarios and shit, and we don't need to get into all that and shit. But what I mean by you being made different is you didn't run none of that shit on them. You just said, "Hey, you know what? I'm good." You know, like I'm reading books, I got some cool neighbors. Yeah, you know, like. Shit, hopefully I get out of this bitch pretty soon, you know. But rather than that, like, I'm I'm comfortable. Like, I don't got no problems, you know. And you, and that that's that speaks magnitudes, bro, because you you're putting your family at ease, bro. Especially your mom, dog. Yeah, and and there was a there was a lie that I had to tell them though, my mom and my dad, uh, and that was that uh. Someday I was going to get out, you know, because at the time I was thinking, like, I'm never going to get out. I'm you said done. this is a lie that you tell them. That I had to tell them. Uh, because. Uh, You're trying to protect tried, their emotions. Yes. I'll try to uh, keep their hope alive that they were going to see me again out there. Yeah. So they were, you know, they would ask me, uh, when are you getting getting out of the shoe? Uh, when, uh, uh, through, throughout. Uh, Throughout all my years of being incarcerated, they would ask me, uh, "When are you coming home?" You know, and and uh, you know, I believe that I wasn't ever coming home. Uh, number one, lifers weren't being released. Number two, especially lifers who uh, had the type caught the type of cases uh, that I caught inside. You know, those those in particular aren't ever getting out. You know, and then and then on top of that, validated. And it's, and it's interesting, bro, because honestly, bro, you could have potentially slid through the cracks not being tied to a gang. Like, you could have taken the easy road, bro. But 
And when let's talk about individuals, the way they're made. You said, fuck that. That's not what I'm about. If this is the program, then this is what I'm going to, I'm going to join the program. Not a hundred percent. seems like you did 200%, bro. You know, and, and that, that, that's just interesting all by itself. Cause you could have really took the easy road. Like, Hey, I'm not, I didn't do it, dog. I'm not, why am I even here? You know what I mean? Like, Bob, 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 you know what I mean? I was out there fucking, I had angel wings on my back and I was reading the Bible. I mean, excuse the fucking stupid shit, but I'm just saying like, you could have, you could have taken an easy road, bro. And, 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 and you would have not, I mean, in that environment back then, maybe it would it be a, would have been different, bro. Like you'd have been frowned upon like, man, this dude ain't worth shit. I mean, like he trying to, you know what I mean? Like he don't want to do nothing. Yeah. It's, um, the way I, the way I recall, uh, uh, right there in the Bay, uh, uh, um, that wasn't an option. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, the easy, there was no easy roads. Nah. And the only easy road that potentially could have happened was maybe debriefing or something like that. If you want to call that the easy road. Yeah, that was, uh, uh, and I just, uh, no, I couldn't bring myself to that, you know. Um, but, you know, arriving uh, arriving at at Pelican Bay at 19, uh, I remember, uh, I remember uh, being told to, uh, you know, this is a, this is a participating yard. <laughs> and, and is that a, is that a, is that a, uh, is that kind of like a trick uh, sales pitch? Um, well, um, I knew what it meant you know, yeah. right away. You're either going to get with the program or you're going to be fucking on this fucking yeah. level or something or, like that. Or you ain't going to be on this yard. Okay. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. This yeah. is a, hey dog, good, good dog. This is, you participate if you want. Yeah. But if you don't, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> 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 shit. We're going to be throwing shit at you. No. Yeah. So, so I mean, uh, imagine, uh, a 19-year-old, you know, arriving uh, uh, to Pelican Bay after what he had heard Pelican Bay was for, who it was for, you know, and I'm like, damn. And then uh, I get there and they're like, all right, youngsters, you know, this is a participating yard, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Salute to them homies right there, straight up, dog. You know what I mean? You know, we're going we're gonna to break it to you softly. We're gonna put butter and jelly on the toast. Um, sorry about that. That's about a, probably a bad analogy. Butter and butter and jelly on the toast. Nah. Anyways, um, <laughs> participating yard, bro. There's got to be a little bit of humor in that yeah, shit, yeah. doggy. Right now, there's got to be a little bit of humor in that shit, dog. I mean, hey, we're just Pelican. Welcome to Pelican Bay. We at your participation. Do you hang yourself or do you get with the pro? I mean, I'm just saying, bro. It's, you know what, bro? The, the, those are the coldest words, words. I mean, are those the coldest words that have ever been told to you? Hey, is that a thing? This is just a participating yard. Welcome to the YMCA. We got po water polo over there. We got handball over here. Oh, look at these guys making sprint. Anyway, so you, you, we do the 10 years in the shoe program, brother. Yeah, you know, and, and like I mentioned, uh, uh, those first ten years, uh, I was really hitting the books and and, and, and educating myself. Uh, uh, I remember, uh, as I mentioned earlier, family comes, they show me, they bring pictures. Uh, I mean, they send me a lot of pictures in the mail, but 
you know, sometimes I would like for them to describe me, uh, you know, what's on this picture or who's that, people I didn't recognize, what's going on right here, you know. But during visiting, they would bring me pictures and they're able to pla uh, plaster them on the window and then they describe what's going on, you know. A lot of the events were... The mental stimulation. Yeah. 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 Because you get a picture and you're like, all right, why is she standing by the garage door? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it makes sense, brother. Yeah. You know I mean, and when we talk about solitary confinement, I mean, we're reading books, you know? And, and when we read these books, what do we do? We're no longer in that fucking cell. We're fucking... Whew. If it's a motherfucking... Uh, uh, those little wizardry, wizardry fucking books and whatnot. You're a fucking dwarf with the fucking. <laughs> I, I read a lot of those books, but yeah, absolutely, bro. So yeah, you wanted to hear what was behind these pictures, and yeah. a lot of time you got clarification and visits. Yeah, um, and something interesting uh, in uh, some of those pictures I would see uh, that were taken in uh, my mom' living room. Okay. Uh, I would see on her wall. She was uh, she would place uh, my my uh, brothers and sisters uh, uh, certificates, school certificates, accolades, uh, and then eventually college degrees. You know, she was filling up her her living room wall with them. And uh, and as as more and more uh, were accumulating on that wall from my brothers and sisters, you know, she didn't have anything uh, from me. And uh, she had a empty frame on that wall, and I would see it for uh, over the years. I would always see that uh, that empty frame, uh, and it never occurred to me to ask, you know, how come that frame, you know, um, you don't put a, a a certificate or a degree on there, you know, and my. Um, my mom told me uh, one visiting day when I asked her that, you know, <laughs> and she told me uh, in Spanish, this, allí va a ir el tuyo, mijo. That's yours right there. Yeah, she told me um, that's where my my yeah. GED or, or degree or whatever, it's when I get right it to there. her, and I'm in the shoe. We don't have no education program right there. I mean, how did you feel about the placement of your empty frame on the wall? Like, was it in the right spot, dog? Was it a little off to the right? Was it a little too much off to the left? Or was it right there in the center? Like, where does she have it on there? Right out of curiosity. The, right in the center. Right in the center, baby. Yeah. Oh, shout out to moms. Yeah. Shout out to moms, baby. And, and um, interestingly enough, right, not even a year after uh, that happened, uh, that exchange with my mom, and I found out why that empty frame was there all those years. Yeah. Um, there's an announcement in Pelican Bay Shoe. Uh, uh, you guys will be allowed to uh, start uh, taking the GED. And I was one of the first ones that, uh, uh, that signed up for it. Um, so I started preparing myself. Uh, and there's this, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, I don't know, uh, if you ever seen Lucky uh, in the in the libraries uh, inside the GED prep books, about 500 pages, I checked one out of the out of the library, man, and uh, I went from page one. You know, uh, I set my pace. You know, I'm gonna go probably like do five pages a day, Monday through Friday, until I finish it. You know, and, like learn as much as I can, and uh, 
And once I got to the last part uh, in math, I, uh, that was, I, I realized that was my weak, uh, math was my weakness. So I did that one all over again. I did it twice. Uh, and then when I felt that I was ready, um, by that time, I had already learned a lot on sociology, and, um, which is one of the subjects, uh, uh, American history, which is one of the subjects, science. So um, when I completed that book, and, and it took me like close to a year to finish it, um, uh, I, I sent the education coordinator a kite. Yeah, I'm ready to take the GED. I was one of the first three individuals pulled to the uh, visiting room to take the GED. And, I, and, and um, man, it was a long-ass test, too. Like five subjects, like, it was like two or, over two or three days. And then uh, uh, a month later, uh, I, remember, I still remember the day. It was a Monday in the afternoon when they passed mail out. I got a manila envelope. I'm like, man, what is this? You know, uh, I had forgotten about the GED. <laughs> <laughs> and I opened it, and 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 it was uh, my GED certificate. Yeah, filling that frame, baby, filling that frame. Come on, thing goes right there. And so you get the certificate, yeah. bro, and you already know what you're gonna do with that bitch. Yeah, and you know what? I sat on my bunk, just I probably stared at that at GED uh, for about a whole hour or longer. Man, I was just, I was like, I was uh. Some emotion I was feeling like uh, uh, that I accomplished uh, uh, something huge. Uh, uh, I climbed Mount Everest or something, you know, like, yeah. okay. Wow, wow. You I, climbed the mountain while yeah. sitting a, confined to a cell, bro. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, I filled out the uh, a manila envelope, put stamp on it, uh, uh, put it in there, and send it straight to my mama. Uh, that was on a Monday. Without me knowing... Come Saturday, after that Monday, I get a visit. Absolutely, bro. Time to celebrate. Yeah, and it was my mom, my dad, and, and my sister. And and they brought pictures uh, to, for me to see. And they put them on the window. <laughs> that empty frame was no longer empty. You know? Let's go, baby. Let's go, dog. Shit. Things people take for granted out here, man. You know what I mean, I get it. You know what I mean? You know, we sometimes we do shit to ourselves that puts us in a fucking situation where we gotta just like Ah, man. And so yeah, how did how did you feel? Man, I was uh one of still today one of the happiest moments uh uh of my life. Uh um and you know I I've I've gone on to earn uh, uh four college degrees after that, but they don't compare to what I felt when I earned that GED. You know? It's the boys right here. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, eventually, uh, uh, I you made- know what, I, Let me ask you a question real quick, brother. So what was the extent of your education prior to going in, bro? I mean, were you good? Were I you dropped good? out of high school. You dropped out of high school? Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, how were you? I mean, when you did go to school, well, were you, were you like, was it easy for you to learn, or were you struggling in school? Elementary school, I, I think uh, I did pretty well. I was uh, maybe a uh, average B student, elementary. Uh, but, but by the time I uh, hit middle school, uh, I just lost interest in school, period. You know, I was ditching school all the time. Uh, and um, 
when I got to the ninth grade, uh, man, I didn't want to be uh, the first one in the family to uh, have to repeat a grade, you know? So uh, I just went through the motions and, and did as much work, went to school as much as I could, uh, turned in as much work, homework and all that. And I passed with a D to graduate, you know, and, and uh, from middle school. Yeah. And I went to high school and then I, all over again. By this time, I, I was driving a car too. I could go anywhere I wanted to. I didn't have to go to school. It was even easier to, uh, to uh, skip school, you know. Well, no, especially in that time, you know what I mean? Yeah. There was a lot going on and everything was just fucked up. Not only the streets, the school system. I mean, everything, you're in South fucking Central, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so back to you, you finishing off, you get 99, that new law comes into effect where if you're, you know what I mean, not fucking creating no fucking dust, kicking up no dust for six years while in Pelican Bay Shoe, you can get out, so they let you out. Yeah. And where do we go from there? Uh, I went to High Desert State Prison. Okay. <laughs> yeah, another <laughs> another yard, uh, just as bad as not if not worse than Pelican Bay, man. Yeah. And uh, there, uh, um, I was cool. I, I was uh, after 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 serving ten years, man. Uh, I was just doing my own thing right there, you know. Uh, I didn't have to. I didn't really have to get involved with anything. And uh, but again, the thing that the homies know, the guards know where you were, where you came from, and they know what you've done because it's in your file. And uh, so you're being scrutinized, and you're even told, you know, like one, just one uh, uh, document or source of information that you're uh, even uh, involved, you're going back to the shoe, you know? Uh, and I probably uh, uh, made the mistake of uh, taking the position of uh, being uh, uh, on the men's advisory committee, the MAC. MAC rep of the yard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, was, uh, uh, I wasn't the chairman, uh, I had a, a lower position, but I had access to the whole yard, you know, walking uh, during lockdowns and everything, all that stuff. You know? Yeah. And 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 uh, in hindsight, that probably probably wasn't a good idea because I'm exposing myself more, you know. And 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 the guards knew like, well, these guys that hold these max positions, they hold they're holding them for a reason, you know. And uh, they have a certain stature. Yeah. In the in the in the food chain. Yeah. I, one of the reasons I wanted that is because. I wanted to walk, man. I wanted to be outside of the cell. After 10 years in the cell, man, I wanted to... Even wanted on stretch, lockdowns. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to stretch my legs, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, so I was I was there for uh, about 14 months. High desert. In high desert. Uh, and until I got snatched up, there was a sweep. Uh, IGI swept a, a lot of the guys that um, had been released like, like me from the shoot. Uh, they just did a sweep, um, and they were doing it like on every yard. Um, I uh, it came to find out that um, there was an assault in Pelican Bay on staff uh, by Sureños, and that was a form of retaliation. Uh, 
all the way to high desert, like uh, snatch them all up. Uh, let's do a sweep. And um, any any little thing, uh, um, I mean, they had they had, uh, people are dropping kites on you all the time, you know, e uh, even even if you're not doing anything. And, and because they're, they're out of fear. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, fucking up on the yard, owing money, owing money, drug yeah. debt. You know, yeah. and instead of paying what they owe or, or, or dealing with the consequences, uh, they drop a kite to get off the yard and, and go somewhere else. You know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I got snatched up uh, um, on bogus information and and, uh, and got sent back to Pelican Bay, and I did another ten. Another ten years in the shoe yeah. program. Yeah. Over that, and how did that feel? You know, you get kind of you get your freedom back, like you like we talked about. You know, what I mean, when you come out the shoe program, any type of oil, of you know, being in there. When you get put out to the main line, I mean, you you walk in a chow, you're doing a lot of things. You got yard time. You know, what I mean, uh, you know, there's there's a you get day room. I mean, you can do a lot. Of, you get a lot of things that you don't have when you're locked in a freaking cage in Pelican Bay shoe program. So, how long did you say you were on high desert before that happened? Um, four, uh, 14 months. Man, that's quick, bro. Yeah. That's quick. I mean, doing time, that's that's quick. I mean, so you're getting sent back, bro. And, I mean, what are you thinking? What, what, like, what's going through your mind? Well, we're in, uh, we're in that seg right there in high desert. Uh, they just opened up... Uh, and that seg building, they called it Z unit, uh, and um, they wanted to fill it up. And a lot of us that got snatched up in that suite, we were we were mad, we were pissed off, man. Uh, uh, because I mean, they IGI told us uh, uh, why they snatched us up, you know. And in so many words, they told us uh, retaliation for what happened at Pelican Bay. Um, so we were pissed off about that, and and and. Uh, and there was a lot of disrespect towards us there in Z unit uh, with our property. Um, COs, huh? Yeah. And even some of the COs that I knew from the uh, GP there who were real cool uh, changed up uh, their attitude, uh, their personality after we were there in Z unit. And, you know, I was like, uh, you know, what the fuck? You know, why are you acting this way now? You know, like, well, uh, we told you guys, if you guys ever went to Z unit, this is how it was, it was going to be, you know. So we were there. Uh, uh, we got there on a, on a Monday. They had just opened it. Uh, they were still like dust from the construction work. Uh, they didn't even take the time to clean the cells from all the cement dust and everything, you know. And uh, um, That's fucking horrible. Yeah, it was it was bad. And, uh, and when they started... Uh, Issuing us our uh, belongings, our property, they were uh, they were mixing coffee with the lotion and or the shampoo. And, I mean, it was straight straight disrespect, you know. And so uh, by Friday, uh, they op they they took us there on a Monday, and by Friday we were fed up. You know, uh, everybody boarded up. Uh, For the people that don't know what boarded up means. Uh, we covered up our windows so that uh, we won't allow them to count us. Uh, they can't see inside the cell to see if, if we're alive or breathing. 
and uh, they have to uh, when when they count, uh, they have to see see us, see the flesh, you know. Um, and and the only way they can keep their process going in any prison institution in the state of California is so when every single prison does count, count doesn't clear until every prison in the state of California turns in their count. Is that does that yeah, sound correct? Yeah. Yeah. And when they turn in their account, they they're turning their account to the Sacramento, you know. So if it just takes one prison for them not to clear their account, and you won't come out your cell or continue program or whatnot. So when you board up, you're not only fucking it up for that prison, you're fucking it up for the state, whole state of California. That's true. And so th- this is the power that convicts use in the prison system to say, you know what, fuck you, homie. We're going to board up. And when you board up, what happens when you board up? Well, they have to, uh, if you refuse to come out of the cell, uh, they're going to have to extract you. And by extract, uh, um, it's a a physical, violent way of getting you out of the cell. Um, So they use the the pepper spray, and uh, they'll throw, uh, they'll spray in the cell, They'll deplete the whole canister, uh, probably like, I don't know, a third of a liter uh, of that pepper spray in the cell. And if you're still now out by that time, uh, um, if you refuse to cuff by that time, they'll use as many uh, uh, canisters as they can uh, until you get out, or they're just going to go in with the shield and and uh, and and bring you out. So um, there were probably about. I want to say uh, there's a hundred cells in that. It was a hundred cells in that uh, unit. Uh, I want to say maybe like 67 of them, if I recall correctly, 67 uh, uh, cells participated in that. And uh, that's 67%. Yeah, 67% <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, decent percentage. And they're um, they're extracting three cells at a time. Because, uh, you know, the guards are wearing their masks and everything. They're protected. They're, they're spraying a lot, right? And, and, and they're, they have, uh, they form uh, three sets of teams, of extraction teams, to extract all these 67 cells. And uh, <laughs> it went all night. The, ex- the extraction process went all night because of <coughs> The COs had to take breaks, uh, go outside the building, and, 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 and catch their breath because uh, I mean, it, the pepper spray even affected them. As it should. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the next day, uh, some of us like, hey, let's go. Okay, uh, uh, I'm ready again. Let's go second round. You know. So there were some sales that uh, went again. Uh, so this whole process uh, took about 48 hours. Uh, non-stop to 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 get into 67 cells yeah well it 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 took a uh it took about 24 hours uh for the first 67 but then the guys they boarded up again again okay yeah. i'm sorry yeah and uh i mean when you board up bro like what are you doing where are you preparing because you're saying all right i'm not going to open my door and so it, they got to come in one way, and that's through opening this door with their shields and all their shit, dog. I mean, how do somebody? How does one in a situation like that prepare for that? Uh well, 
you use your mattresses, you know, uh, as uh, protection uh, from uh, from the from the spray, also from uh, from uh, uh, if they if they come in uh, with the batons and the, and the shield. Yeah, you, um, you use your mattress to protect yourself, uh, your blankets or whatever. Um, but um, it took about forty-eight hours for that, you know, and. Uh, but we got uh, we got them to start treating us a little better because that was done on a, on a weekend, and they had uh, deputy, the chief deputy warden there. Uh, he was he was he was pissed off that he had to be called over there on a weekend, you know, uh, at midnight to uh, to observe this and monitor this, you know. So after that, uh, they they started treating us a lot better, you know. And I mean, when it comes to being treated a lot better, what is being treated a lot better? Well, uh, they stopped uh, uh, messing with our property. Okay. Um, they, um, our program started running a lot smoother now, and uh, uh, they didn't want to deal with that again. So uh, they were they were starting to they they were starting to behave, and by they I mean the guards. Um, you know how I mentioned that they had changed? Okay, they, they reverted back to how they used to be. <laughs> and it's kind of like a broken a past relationship. You're just like, man, fuck you. Yeah. You just did all this shit, and now you want to be cool again? Give me my fucking store. Give me my trade, dog. Get the fuck out of here. We ain't fucking chopping it up. We ain't saying nothing. And so th this is in high desert before you left back to the bay? Yeah. Okay, so you get sent back to the bay. And here we go, another fucking 10 years, bro. Yeah. And so, like, I was asking you, how did you feel about that, bro? Back to the Bay another 10 years, bro. After Man, you got done I, doing 10 yeah, years. Here I go again, you know. Uh, but like I mentioned earlier, I have to make the best of it, you know. Uh, for for my sanity, and, and I have to remember uh, my, uh, my parents, uh, I can't let them see me. Like uh, in a in a negative way mentally, or or even physically, you know, I put the the best face uh, before them, you know, so they can just to eat, put put them at ease, you know, like okay, uh, he's maintaining strong. And so, on your way back to Pelican Bay, are you excited? I mean, are you saying, hey, I'm gonna see homie? Hopefully, I get pet back in this pod. I mean, nah, not really, you know, no, no. Uh, I didn't want to go back. Yeah. I didn't want to go back. Uh, uh, but, um, I mean, I went back and, 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 and uh, I just started doing the same thing I was doing uh, in, during the first 10 years. I mean, was it like we talked about getting released from the shoe? Uh, it felt like you're getting your freedom back. So now you're going back to the shoe. It's like you're fucking busted again. It's being busted. It's yeah. being busted within being already fucking doing life. But now they're taking a little that you have that you fucking cherish and you fucking love. But now here you are, you're going back to jail, even though you're in jail, prison, right? You're going to, back to Pelican Bay and shit. So did you go through a stage in the beginning of those 10 years, bro, of depression, anything like that? No, not really. I, I, I wouldn't say so. Uh, um, you know, believe it or not, uh, my time spent there, uh, 
it went kind of fast. Uh, there were moments, uh, and many moments, when I had hoped that uh, there were more hours in the day because of what I was doing. I was keeping myself busy. Uh, uh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, that you didn't have enough hours in the day for the program that you were running that was, in that solitary yeah, confinement. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, I would start the day early in the morning working out. Uh, there were, there were a, a few years when I would wake up at 4 in the morning just to get my workout out of the way. What kind of workout are we doing? What extensive type of workout are we doing? A typical prison workout, uh, uh, burpees, calisthenics, push-ups, uh, um, Occasionally, you know, you you accumulate uh, enough magazines to make a bound them and make a weight, you know, that type of stuff. Uh, um, so, uh, you know, physical exercise, uh, legal work. I would do a lot of legal work, my case, uh, and uh, uh, there were deadlines. When you're doing legal work, there's deadlines. So sometimes uh, you're hoping you have more time in the day to do what you got to do uh, with your legal work in order to meet these deadlines. Uh, I learned how to draw. Um, I would send family members uh, drawings for their birthdays. Uh, so there was another deadline right there. You know, so by by saying there was sometimes there wasn't enough time in the day uh, to do everything I had to do. Things like that, you know, legal work, uh, drawings, uh, um, and uh, books that I had to finish before a certain time. Uh, uh, things like that, and my days went by pretty quickly, you know. Sounds like you were fucking pretty fucking productive in that, my G. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you said the 10 years went by fast. During these 10 years, did you have to go through the, uh, what do they call that that happened in the shoe during that time? The... Um, you're not, you're not eating, I mean... Oh, the hunger strikes? I'm sorry, brother. Yeah, the hunger strikes. Was that during the time you were in there? Yeah, this was a... a, a there was an initial hunger strike before I got out the first time in uh, 2001. Okay. Uh, and, and then uh, in 2011, uh, there was a, a much larger, more organized hunger strike. And then in 2013, uh, by that time... By the 2013, the, the largest one of all, I was already out. I had just gotten out uh, like a couple of months before that one. Okay. I was on the GP. Okay. And go ahead. Take a break. Take a, uh, take a break. Yeah, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back, everybody. Quick break and we'll be right back. Thank you. Like, subscribe, all that good shit. You know what to do, baby. I've got a gun with me. 
cause I'm ready for it all Mama told me I was gifted And I'm different from you all Yeah, pick the shells up, turn the hell up Forever undefeated, the streets will fail us. Mom and pop screaming, God prepare us. Sometimes water comes in sand. God made the deal, I shook his hand like a man. Lucky you, my son, wipe the blood off those bands. Father, Lord in heaven, I'm a martyr to the brethren. I'm a burden to the reverend. Searching for significance, my spiritual endeavors. Every day I'm tested, every day corrected. My hands are in the air, God bulletproof, test me. Resurrect my senses. Those were never bored, Lord, take me to your chamber. Teach me a ways out of love or with anger. I feel disgusted. As I all up this musket, people taking lives out of ignorance is busted. They shooting up schools. Father with felonies, I got everything to lose. I stalk like a wolf, pray I don't shoot. Muzzle on your face, I'm Apollo for your ghost. I stalk like a wolf, pray I don't shoot. Muzzle on your face, I'm Apollo for your ghost. I've got a gun with me, cause I'm ready for it all. Mama told me I was gifted, and I'm different from you all. Forgotten soldier, I'm just a victim of war. It yeah. was the cats of Jack Mack that I ate on the yard. It was the welfare lines I was the proud of weight off. It was yeah. my little girl's neck wrapping umbilical cords. I carry on, cause glory weight on no man. How I look blaming you for the commitment I lack. You the type to keep a bitch after she fuck with your man. They try and kill the homie cause she gave up the ass. I walk in class, my style's elegant, I'm gangster. If it's making you uncomfortable, well, homie, get your cash up. Complain in the ass to go and push the work. You got designer on, I got blisters. That hurt for what it's worth. Yeah. I don't hate on no man, but I'ma kill a motherfucker if he taking a stand. Not for the gang, but for the children that he left with no dad. Don't blame the devil where we from. Jesus died over a rap. My sucker like a wolf. Pray I don't shoot. Muzzle on your face, I'm a problem. Like, your subscribe, baby. Like a wolf. Pray I don't shoot. Muzzle on your face, I'm a problem for your ghost. I've got a gun with me. Cause I'm ready for it all. Mama told me I was gifted. And I'm different from you all. The universe is infinite, so it has no center. This life is a drop in the ocean of its lender. Don't ever think, for instance, that you could be the devil. Cause say that it's facts, but the devil is in detail. Sleep well while I stare with my heat held. Cop scared, sight, baby, he right there. I'd do anything for my youth, I got now. Picture what I do for my family, pop, pop. Yeah, like, subscribe, baby. Like, subscribe. Thank you for fucking with Hoodstocks, baby. Hit that join button if you want. You know what I mean? Who knows? You might get a fucking batch of fucking chocolate chip cookies baked by motherfucking Lucky Sun Tzu and shit, you know? Whoever knows what the perks are. What are the perks, Lucky? What are you going to give me if I pay fucking $3 a month to join your fucking uh, members only and shit? And, uh, you know what, dog? Probably nothing, dog. Probably a dirty pair of motherfucking socks is what I'm going to send your punk ass, homie. So don't join. I don't want your $3, homie. Shove that bag of hot Cheetos in your motherfucking ass, homie. You know what I mean, motherfucker? You know what I mean? You have to fucking get in 10 to 11s right now talking about $3, but you here every weekend enjoying these stories by solid individuals, dog. Anyways, enough of that, baby. Back to fucking uh, 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 God stocks. You know what I mean? Jesus loves you. No, I'll just fuck with you guys. Um, let's do it like this and shit. Are you good, bro? Yeah. You had a, did you have to take a leak or a shit? <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> took a quick shit. <laughs> um, apparently, canine's somewhere taking a shit on the street right now. You know what I mean? And these dudes are going in and out of the door. I'm seeing pressing. He's like, you know what I mean? Like, fool, you know you fucking up, homie. You know what I mean? You got to change those hinges on that door. Yeah, dog. I mean, I got to change those hinges. Are these dudes fucking habits, bro? One or the other. It's probably easier to change the hinges, dog. Matter of fact, I'm going to put some WD 40 in that bitch and call it good, dog. Um, 
These dudes are calling. You guys, hold up. We'll do phone calls right now. Relax. All right? You guys are blowing me up already, dog. Chill. So, can we get back to where we're at, dog? Yeah. These motherfuckers. Um, so, I mean, you get through the you you get through the ten years, you know. And while you're doing the, this additional ten years, um, were you able to obtain any more certificates on the, for that wall? Yeah, you know, uh, I started uh, taking correspondence courses. Uh, I got I got a uh, when I was in high desert, I had a cellmate that, that was into uh, Buddhism, uh, Eastern philosophy, Taoism, you know, and he put me onto that, and. Uh, it resonated with me, uh, the way I think, uh, or at least the way I started, my thinking started uh, evolving. And uh, uh, I started reading uh, uh, books on Buddhism, the philosophy, uh, and uh, I started taking correspondence courses on that. And uh, I, I, I finished uh, three of them while in this uh, second 10-year stint in the shoe. I was able to send those certificates uh, to my mom, and uh, so she can put on her wall. You know. Yeah, I mean it's interesting, bro. The, Buddha, the, the, the doing Buddhism. I mean, there's a lot of chanting involved. I mean, meditation, self reflection. I think it's like that in any religion, uh, minus the chanting part. Even though a prayer can potentially feel like a chant, maybe. I mean, you feel good after a long fucking prayer or something. But um, I mean, it makes sense, bro. The Buddhism that makes sense, even though a lot of dudes do the Christian thing. Yeah, you know, are you practicing that to this day? I still meditate every now and then, uh, um, uh, but my lifestyle right now, uh, with work uh, and and um, work's been keeping me very busy, you know. Uh, but I still, uh, on on occasion, uh, feel the need to uh, sit in uh, solitude and, and and quietness and meditate. You know? Absolutely. And so we get through these 10 years. You, put, you you said basically they flew by. Yeah. You know, and that's, I mean, you already done 10 years prior to that in the shoe. Now you did 10 more. I mean, where do we go from there? So um, by, by this time, uh, mature, I was 43 years old already after completing the second 10 years. Uh, after being in there since 17 years old. Yeah. And so... How much changed from you from 17 years old to 43 years old now? A lot. A lot changed. A lot, yeah. But where did the change start, bro? I what age say, did the uh, change start? Hitting hitting 30 already, I was starting to think differently. Start thinking a little bit outside of the yeah, box of what yeah. you were in. Like maturity starting to set in, you know? Okay. Uh, and possibly even in my late 20s, uh, maturity starting to set in. And by the time I'm 43, uh, I'm already thinking differently. I'm, I'm you know, I'm... Some of the uh, ideas from uh, the books that I was reading on philosophy uh, just gave me a, a, a different perspective of uh, life and the world. Uh, you know, I, I, I read uh, a lot on, um, on uh, socialism and communism, uh, you know, Marxism, all that stuff. And, and, and so I took a look at the struggles of other people uh, across across the globe, you know, uh, from different times. And it, uh, I started uh, reflecting on uh, what I was fighting for at, at, uh, as a teenager or uh, as, a early young, as, a, as a young man in my early 20s, you know. And it was like, it was a, 
is a big difference, like compared to the other struggles of people and families having a, uh, in other parts of the world, you know. Uh, so um, my thinking's different now. So I um, now I'm looking more uh, at the people that I once considered my enemies, like they're in the same struggle that I'm in. You know, we're trying to get out of the shoe. Uh, we would like to be home with our families. Uh, so I see now, I see them now as a, uh, as someone that has uh, shares my struggles. That, that's that's my brother in this struggle. That's that's where my mindset was now. So um, you're 43 at this time. Yeah. I mean, just in your perspective, this 43 person you're at at this time compared to the regular 43 person in the world. I mean, is it is it is it safe to say that maybe this dude in the world is forty three? I mean, I guess it would be just different things. I was just kind of trying to analyze where we're at in forty three, even though it's two different worlds, you know. Because this forty three over here, where you're at, excuse me for this, guys, if this is fucking retarded, but I'm just it's going through my head right now. But this forty three, where you're at, you can potentially in some areas be sixty three compared to this forty three. But then again, on this 43 dude out here in the real world, he could be potentially 63 to your 43 in the way of living in the free world, right? From the experiences of, of life, free life, right? I, I, I don't know why, but I, and I'm sure other people do, bro. But if you think about the mentality, the mind state of two individuals the same age, but raised up from 17 to 43, and this dude right here, yourself, Sarafin, 17 to 43, Pelican Bay, 70 to 43, I don't know, maybe he's still working at fucking T-Mobile or something, or maybe there's different levels of life, you know what I mean? But I don't know, it's just interesting. Maybe it's the psychology psychology thing that, that, that kind of fascinates me in my mind. I mean, what, what would be your kind of take on it? Do you think about stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, there's a huge difference uh, uh, for uh, the average person that they're living uh, out here in the free world, never experience uh, uh, prison life, uh, let alone uh, 32 years in prison, uh, 20 years in, in, in the shoe, in, in, in the worst uh, isolated form possible. Pelican Bay, yeah. shoe. Exactly. Uh, I think there's gonna be a stark difference uh, in what would, what would you what would you have on the forty three year old dude that's been in the free world? What do you think you'd have on him? Well, uh, I think uh, a lot more patience. A lot more patience. That's interesting. I'm glad you went there, bro. Some of the dudes would have been like, "Fuck, I got a fucking my balls. I got elephant nuts, homie. That fool got little fucking squirrel nuts." I mean, different dudes would have answered it different ways, but it makes sense for a dude. It's been where you've been at that it would say patience. Because patience has been your, probably your strongest attribute in this situation that you've, you've been in, which is your life. Mm-hmm. Lockdown, Pelican Bay, shoe program, high desert, so on and so forth. Makes and sense. I would, you know, I would even go on uh, as far as to say uh, uh, awareness, a heightened sense of awareness. <sighs> 
uh, of surroundings, your surroundings, and uh, with me in particular, my emotions. You, uh, I think I'm. I have a practice of uh, uh, being aware of my emotions. Uh, I always check on them. And how big is that, bro? Compared to a dude that's a fucking loose cannon and flies off the fucking hinge. I mean, what do you think when you see a dude like that? Very emotional. But emotional, putting it on display emotional. I see, and I see it all the time. <laughs> Out here you see it, you know. I, I mean, I'm one of them dudes, bro. I do it sometimes too, yeah. dog. I still haven't got that intact, dog. You know what I mean? So I, when I talk shit or when I say things sometimes... I'm in that glass house, baby, and I'm waving like this on the Rose Parade float, dog. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's me, dog. I mean, you did you master your emotions? I think it came with time. Uh, uh, I mean, I still have my moments uh, when I, I get triggered, you know, but the good thing is that uh, I recognize it. And, and, and um, your body will tell you when you're being triggered, you know, because you, your body reacts in a yeah, certain way. Yeah, fucking back gets stiff. Yeah. Flex up. Blood starts flowing. Yeah. You start perspiring, you know. Those Dick are pops all, out the zipper. <laughs> Maybe not are, that, but are, yeah. <laughs> those are signs. Uh, 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 your body's telling you, man, uh, uh, check your emotions, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it's just a matter of being uh, aware of, uh, of, of those signs, those triggers. Physical triggers. I mean, do do men, we're talking about neighbors, other dudes that are in this environment, do they teach that to the younger homies? Like, hey, bro. Yeah. Um, they're, um, one of the things uh, living in Pelican Bay was that, uh, remember early on in the interview, I, I touched upon touched up on the level of respect that was in there, you had to always be aware of your neighbors. Uh, when, for example, when two cells are talking, two, two people in two different cells are talking in the pod, you just can't interrupt without saying, excuse me, uh, let me, uh, let me say something to, uh, uh, let me get the guard's attention to pop my door or let me, let me tell somebody something real quick. Before you interrupt a conversation that's ongoing uh, on, on the tier, you have to say, you have to say, excuse me, you know, uh, or if you're going to flush your toilet, excuse me, I'm going to flush my toilet. That's the type of awareness that I'm talking about, you know, you're being mindful of your surroundings. You're being mindful of other people around you that what you do is not a, a disrespectful or uh, um, or in the least uh, inconsiderate. This might be a silly question, and I'm not trying to make it like a joke. But we, if you're sitting on the shitter and you're taking a massive shit from the chili cheese dream that Big Japs <laughs> just made for you, and it's not sitting well with your stomach, dog. And you fucking, there's a full-on conversation going on in the theater. We're living in these fucking, these honeycomb fucking doors, as you explained it, bro, or described it. And you just fucking rip and fucking fart, dog, <laughs> that ricochets from your cell, dog, 
all the way back to high desert, dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> do you say excuse me for that too? <laughs> yeah, you have to. You know? Absolutely, yeah. bro. You, you, no, do you, you feel embarrassed about it? it? Like, depending on how it sounds, did that sound manly? Did it sound tight? Yeah. Did it was it just air? You know what I mean? You uh, you know, you you give them heads up. Hey, fellas, man, I got a stomach problem, man. Uh, the, the toilet's gonna be flushing right now. You know. Absolutely, yeah. brother. And it's 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 honestly the. <laughs> I apologize to you, brother, and I apologize to my to the audience right here, dog. But you know what? That's just like real life, and it's kind of interesting to me, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, hey, dog, Spencer on the theater, homie. I got the runs, dog, <laughs> and this shit gonna be flushing and puffing for a cool minute. You know what I mean? All right, homie, gracias. You know what I mean, or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? So we talk about the level of respect, and we're talking about just being strong with emotions and keeping everything on the up and up, keeping it a fucking buck all the fucking time in this environment that is made to break you, you know? But when you have resilient men that have a little bit of glimmer of hope or whatever they feel like they believe in, which is the game, which is whatever that keeps them moving from day to day, they're going to stand strong. They're going to keep it respectful they're going to learn how to control their emotions because there's a lot of emotions bottled up in that fucking cell, potentially. But after you, on your fucking 10th, you did 10 years in the shoot, and how are we doing a 10 more, bro? Like, you are a master of your craft now. Is that safe to say? Yeah, uh, you know what? Um, I, don't, I don't think much about it. I, I, just, I just did what I did to survive in there, you know, mentally, you know. Um, and, you know, uh, a lot of us had similar programs. Uh, as a matter of fact, I picked up some of mine uh, by observing others in there. And, 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 you know, it's sad to say that uh, there were some that couldn't cope well enough mentally, and, and I actually witnessed uh, some that uh, mentally uh, deteriorated. As the time went, being locked in that yeah. cell. Mm -hmm. They couldn't cope. And did you, did you see it coming? I mean, were there signs on the theater from conversation or whatnot that saying, oh, hold on a second, no. Is homie playing? I mean, or is he just kind of like falling off a little? Um, because we talk about hiding awareness, right? Yeah. You know, and when you're in that environment after being X amount of years in that environment, I mean, vibrations, frequencies are real. You're, um, I know that place heightened one's uh, sense of, uh, of awareness, but to some people, it, it was to the detriment of some people where it was too much, uh, where the drip of water uh, was irking them so much uh, that it would just throw their whole day off, or someone snoring at night. Um, I've seen individuals like just get a, a emotionally drained by having to uh, deal with listening to somebody snore at night, you know, all night. Uh, they couldn't deal with it, you know. And, and over over years, you know, it was just too much for them, and they succumbed to uh, mental deterioration. I mean, if I had an emoji I can put right now, I'd have that dude with the fucking mind blown right now, bro. That shit is just, it, it, it's so real. You can almost feel it, you know, on the words that are coming out your mouth right now and the way you're explaining that. Like, I mean, everybody's, 
like DNA is built a little bit different, right? You know what I mean? Um, I mean, mental health is fucking huge, bro. Mental health is fucking like, I didn't start dealing with my mental health until I got out from this last time, bro. You know, we now we get into the 40s type of shit in my 40s, you know, and I realized that, you know, I had some fucking, I had some kinks going on, dog. You know what I mean? So I had to get, you know, a little something, you know, that was frowned upon while you were in there. You know what I mean? You know, but it actually really helped me, my life as being a father, having a girl, even though sometimes we'll be fucking, be a rocky boat, but that's less life and that's relationships are not per- perfect. You know what I mean? But it's actually helped me taking care of some of that, bro. But in, so in an environment like that, bro, Pelican Bay Shoe Program, bro, if you got a, a good homie right there, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, you know what, man? I think I need to fucking, I might need some medication. I, I might need to see the psych on some shit. You know what I mean? I'm feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm deteriorating, like you said, you know? I mean, can they do that? That was frowned upon, you know? Uh, um, there's a stigma that attaches to that uh, when you seek mental uh, treatment or something or as a matter of fact uh, I remember I, I had my first parole board uh, remember back back then they used to have documentation uh, documentation uh, hearings uh, where they prepare you uh, for the future when you're going to have a parole board hearing uh, but you have to go through a psych eval before you have that uh, uh, parole board documentation uh, review. And I remember I passed up on mine. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go. That was in 92. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even go uh, just because uh, I was concerned about that stigma. And uh, I think uh, back then, uh, I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one, you know. Um, didn't didn't seek uh, a mental evaluation for less one is viewed as a uh, weak mentally weak you know yeah nowadays though that's a requirement uh, when you're going before the parole board you have to uh, get your uh, go go through a a, a psych evaluation uh, and uh, I I don't know if that's Different, it probably is, uh, versus uh, one just seeking uh, an evaluation uh, because probably uh, fearing that uh, he or she is suffering from a, a, a mental deterioration. And so you get through the 10 years now you're in your 20th year doing time at Pelican Bay Shoe. Where do we go from there? I got sent to uh, Kern Valley State Prison. Uh, I remember the uh, the hearing that I had when I was being considered for release from the shoe. And they initially wanted to send me back. Uh, they told me they were going to release me, but they said... Uh, they were gonna send me to, back to High Desert, <laughs> so I'm, I've been up Pelican Bay, High Desert. Uh, You're up north for the past yeah twenty twenty some years now, which is hard on your family, like you said. You yeah, know? and yeah. so I mean, anyone that's doing 
a stretch. I mean, if you're from Southern Cali, you want to be in a prison in Southern Cali. I mean, yeah. if you're in up north, yeah, you know what I mean? Fuck it. Send me where you got, you know? Because I was seeing the toll that it was taking uh, uh, on my family, particularly my parents, as, you know, they're, they're getting of age now. The long drives and, uh, you know, it's, it's stressful for them, you know. So I told the chairman uh, if he could uh, send me uh, closer to my family, and uh, he wanted to hear me out, you know. And I told him, you know, that I have been up here uh, uh, up north for the past twenty-something years now, and uh, and I understand why I was there. You know, I I had been I had done some terrible things, but I feel that my parents, uh, my family is also being punished, and they haven't done anything. Uh, so. You know, I would just request uh, that you reconsider High Desert for uh, a location much closer to uh, my family. And uh, not High Desert, Kern Valley. Yeah. Kern Valley. Yeah. yeah. And 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 right away, uh, he he looked at uh, one of the committee uh, panelists that was with him, and he said, uh, "We're sending him to Kern Valley." <laughs> I'm going to give you a round of applause for that because that just, I mean, it made me happy, bro. You know what I mean? It made me happy because you're going to see your family, dog, easy on the family. I'm thinking yeah. about moms. I'm thinking about pops, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when you heard that, I mean. Man, it was like uh, one uh, another one of the most happiest moments of my life, that accomplishment right there, just communicating with the chairman. I think before, I think before I wouldn't have even uh, probably requested that. You know, I would have been mad pissed off and just just walked walked out of that room you know but like i mentioned earlier i learned how to communicate you know yeah did you when you talked to him did you say it the way you just said it to us right now yeah 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 and those words you know and and he had a change of heart he just looked over uh his uh, uh fellow panelists and said we're, we're we're sending him to kern valley just like that so you go to Kern Valley, and this is a, during a time. Uh, did you get to the t 270 right there, the new four-yard? No, I was in 180. Okay, so you get to the, uh, that's right, I'm bad, my bad. It's the 180 that's right there. It's two, uh, actually, they're all, uh, uh, Kern Valley State Prison, there's it's, four, they're, they're all 180. Okay. I did, a, I did a layover there one time, I mean, on a Disneyland ride, dog, you know what I mean? Yeah. But anyways, I, I seen it before it opened up, bro, but that's right, they're all 180s, you know what I mean? The cells are fucking huge right there, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so you're in Kern Valley now. What are we doing? Yeah, so uh, I feel again that, uh, okay, I've been, I've been set free. You know, uh, the, the main line, the GP, that's, that's my freedom. Uh, I was still thinking I'm never coming home. But the main line, okay, I, I'm free now. Now I'm, I'm, I'm able to hug my mom, my dad, my family. And I looked at that, uh, okay, this. Uh, I'm, I'm a free man again, and uh, this is 2013, and they gave me a job. One of one of the most coveted jobs there on that yard was the kitchen job. You know, uh, you get to cook and prepare your own meals there. You know, uh, uh, the way you want them prepared. And uh, I mean, how does one like yourself learn to do that, bro? You've been down since 17, 20 years in the Bay by now. You know, I mean. I mean, did you, you the I, guys I, put you yeah, up on game? Yeah, I, I observe, you know. Uh, did you watch a lot of cooking shows while you are in the shoe? I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, uh, I, and um, so 
I had that job for about eight months. Uh, when uh, I, I, I heard about a, a law called SB 260. SB 260 was a law that uh, would allow, it was actually a bill at the time, it wasn't law yet, but it would allow for uh, people that had been uh, convicted of, as adults for a crime they committed when they were minors. And um, well, I was 17 years old when, I, when uh, allegedly I committed my crime, right? And uh, I read the law and you know, I had already familiarized myself with uh, the language in law, uh, you know, mandatory language versus uh, uh, discretionary language. And by that, I mean uh, two words that you have to pay attention to when you're re reading law, you know, uh, may and shall. Shall is mandatory. It, it, they must, you're entitled to it. That's your right. May is like, oh, well, it's discretionary. They, they may grant you that or they may not, you know. So that law, SB 260, said, and, and, and this is one, one of the uh, provisions of that law that uh, I still memorize <laughs> verbatim, you know. And it said, uh, uh, a, youth, a youth offender uh, shall be given the opportunity to obtain release. And when I read that word, shall, I said, oh, here's the door opened up for me. And I knew right away what I had to do. And so uh, uh, I told myself, okay, this, this job right here, this kitchen job, I'm going to dump it. I'm, I'm going I'm to apply for a job in uh, the education department. I'm going to start being a service, uh, you know, tutoring, uh, uh, working as a teacher's assistant, uh, uh, really making an impact, you know. Um, and when I, when I was leaving that kitchen job, some of the fellas were like, they thought I was crazy. <laughs> like, what, what are you doing, man? Every, you got the best job on the yard. Everybody wants this job. And I told them, I, I have bigger plans. Uh, I'm going to try to go home. And uh, some of them were clowning me like, you never going to let your ass out. 